Hello, ladies and gents, boys and girls, children of all ages. Welcome along to your favourite podcast. Welcome along to another episode of The Wrestling with myself, James, and my boy, Steve, who is on the line. How are you doing, sir? Over the moon after what happened on Raw last night. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. Um, I, guess, I guess we'll talk talk everything wrestling. But first of all, how, how are you? How are you doing? been a while I I am very tired James I literally drove from Money in the Bank well after I hung out with the former Miss Money in the Bank Nikki Ash I'm freaking uh, I drove all the way back uh from Dallas to Houston and went straight to work shit man um so just for people for posterity um you live in Houston right yes and Money in a Bank was in Houston, was it not? It was in it was in Dallas. Money in a Bank was in Dallas as well. Yeah. Oh, I had no idea why I thought that was in Houston. Off to a flying start here. <laughs> obviously, <laughs> we we had we had a SmackDown on Friday. Right, that's it. I knew something was in Houston. Right, okay. Yeah. Just as a disclaimer, uh, where you said you were tired, I'm mate. I'm fucking beat. Uh, excuse my language. Sorry, I just said. Mm. And children of all ages. And then I'm potty mouth to Zek. but um no literally this weekend we were just chatting before we came on like um my brother's wedding took place on saturday which was a lovely affair but i was doing the djing side of things and i was all mm. on my own because i wasn't mm. getting paid because it was my brother's wedding so it was like a gift to him and his new wife um so i say new wife like he's had one before he hasn't had one before <laughs> this is his first one um but yeah i literally started at something like um eight o'clock in the morning eight nine o'clock in the morning because I had to go and set it all up and then obviously the whole wedding thing happened and then I started probably about 7 p.m and then played through till 1 a.m and then obviously had to pack it all away myself so by the time I got home I looked at the clock and it was 10 to 3 in the morning by the time I'd shot it by the time I was all all in bed do you know what I mean it was like 10 10 to 3 so it was a a fairly um tiring uh tiring ordeal and then obviously the following night was um, Money in the Bank pay-per-view. So um, I didn't stay up for SmackDown um, just because I knew my brother's wedding was the following day. So, I, you know, I didn't think that would be fair to him for me to be all groggy sort of thing. But mm-hmm. um, I did stay up for, well, we'll get into it, but I did stay up for like the most part of Money in the Bank. And there was a moment where I was just like, and we all know what moment it was, but there was a moment where I was like, okay, I've had enough now. I was tired anyway. <laughs> I've not- I'm not going to enjoy any more of this show tonight because of what just transpired. So because I'll be looking at everything negatively. So I'm literally just going to go to bed now. So then I ended up catching up with the next uh, of the rest of the show um, yesterday. This is now uh, Tuesday, Tuesday afternoon where I'm at and what Tuesday morning where you're at. So um, Monday Night Raw has also happened, which we'll we'll uh, 
people talk about as well. So, um, but uh, I guess in order of things, I mean, I know it sounds kind of weird, but wrestling kind of comes a bit last in terms of things that have transpired. Because I know you wanted to talk about some other stuff. Um, hey, we can it, always talk. We can always talk about wrestling first. This is a, the wrestling podcast. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking just just keep them hanging on. Do you know what I mean? We'll get to it. Okay. We'll get to it. I mean, I, like I just said to you, I've got all day. I've got all day. But, you yeah, know, I got I got all I got all day too. I'm trying to <laughs> get my fare settled already. <laughs> so, um, people that know us personally, and I'm sure you do if you're listening to this, because why would you listen to this otherwise? Unless you found us on the uh, interwebs um mm-hmm. we'll know that we're both so where do you want to start football fans both uh-huh, let, let, let's start with the with the football <laughs> okay because it's an because it's a slight negative as well let's start yes, with it let's get, get, it get out the, the way. Ne- let's get the negative out of the way first so um just to sum it up in a sentence it didn't come home no <laughs> got it um uh, <laughs> you sound more gutted than me to be fair because oh, um I, I just felt i don't know maybe it's because i watch the premier league religiously like even though i i'd be hating on these guys i'm like i don't know i guess i kind of grew they grew on me this team so even on the 20 in the 2018 world cup where they went through the easiest side i don't know I, it's, they grew on me these guys i think like as an england or an english citizen and an england fan i guess too i mean i'm not really i guess i am but because we're so crap normally that mm-hmm. I, I normally don't really I normally focus on somebody else in the tournament and it's normally Germany for me I don't know why I just like the Germans but um with this tournament in particular and like you say on the back of the last World Cup where we um well we came fourth in the end because we lost to Belgium, Belgium in the yeah. third in the third and fourth playoff but um no one expected us to get that far and like this this kind of um this team or this togetherness with Gareth Southgate as your manager and stuff. It's literally like, I've never seen anything like it. And it's, right. um, all right, you do see in the media that there are a lot of frigging morons out there. Like, it has brought out the worst um, of the British public, or no, it's not British, I guess English um, yeah. pub- public in the sense of, I don't know if you've seen it on your end, but there's been a lot of, like, trouble and a lot of fighting and stuff going on. Yeah, a lot I've, of- seen, I've seen it all on Twitter. That's oh. where I see all the bad stuff is on Twitter. It, well, obviously, yeah, that's all Twitter fixates on, isn't it? The bad stuff. But um, it's such a shame because I really think it ruined what otherwise would have been such a successful campaign, um, mm-hmm. you know, to get to a final um, and to beat, you know, Germany along the way as well. Um, I thought we'd, we'd done so well to get to that final. Um, but to level with you, the final itself, I didn't enjoy it at all. I didn't enjoy well, other than Luke Shaw's goal in the first two minutes or whatever it was. I didn't enjoy any of the game at all. I was watching it far too tense, um, you know, because I just expected it to go wrong. And then I guess it kind of did at the end. But it went wrong in the, in a way that was as weird as this is going to sound. It went wrong in a way that was quite nice because um, so like I say, the morons are out there. But when you look at like the three players that missed, right? You had Rashford, um, Sancho, and then my boy, um, Bakayo Saka missed the last penalty. I say miss, he had it saved, whereas Rashford missed. He hit the post. He didn't hit the target. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, Sancho and Saka had their penalties saved, which is to me different because they've hit the yeah. target. Keeper goes the other way, it's a goal. Anyway, um, so I'm not going to like draw any light to it because I personally haven't even seen it. it. And I think it shows that 
um, like say Twitter, Instagram, whatever, I obviously follow the right people and have connections with the right people because I didn't see any like racial slurs. I didn't see any negative about those three players that missed. All I saw was like positive stuff mm-hmm. um, and everyone, the na- like a nation kind of surrounding them with like kind of love and empathy, I guess, um, which I thought was really nice. But um, how did it kind of transpire on your side of the world? For me, like when I saw those three guys miss and how I am, I'm very like, I really look at when it comes to the world, I look at it at a very negative side because I know where they're going to go. It, when I saw those three guys miss, I'm like, oh, this is about to become a race thing. And the minute I go on Twitter to go see England trending, I just see a freaking barrage of the most racist stuff that oh, I've seen wow. in a while. That's like, such I, a like, shame. Yeah. Not like not, yeah, not like followers that that were people I follow. It's not them, but like you know when you like do the search for England, just nothing but just racial slurs and then videos of fan, of fans or supporters beating up the other team, the other team's fans and supporters. I'm like, golly. Okay, let me just put something straight for you there. Where you just said the word supporter. These people aren't supporters. They're not supporting uh, football. They're not supporting what's important. They're or not, you know, what's important in the in the realm of the sport. But they're mm-hmm. not actually supporters because the same thing happens with club football. Happens every yeah. week up and down the country, especially when you get your derby matches. There's these people that haven't got an interest in what the team's doing. They're just interested in going to a particular place to have a fight, mm-hmm. and they're not football supporters. All right. You can call them fanatics, but they're not fanatics of the game. They're fanatics of everything that surrounds the game. Do you know what I mean? Does that make any kind of sense? So I'm not willing to call these fucking idiots, which is what they are, fucking idiots. I'm not willing to call them supporters because they're not supporting the same thing that I support, you know? And like you could see it in the same sense of um, uh, the aftermath of the game where like, you know, those three players were hounded with race, racist abuse, for example. That isn't supporting, is it? You're not supporting your fellow man and your fellow countrymen. You're, if anything, you're abusing them and you're, you're the opposite of what a supporter should be. So I don't understand. Um, I don't know what the right term is to call them people. But yes, yeah, it's, it's a shame. It really is a shame. But um, did you watch the game live? I had the, I had the play by play in my ear while I was working, but I was able to uh, catch the penalty shootout uh, on my break. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, because I yeah. appreciate it's a different time for you. Um, yeah. I had to kind of <laughs> so throughout the whole tournament, I got to it just fell perfectly around my work schedule that I got to watch every game except or every England game, sorry, except the first one. I literally mm-hmm. watched the first half of the Croatia game on my lunch, and then. Because uh, it was the first one, I guess it didn't matter as much. But um, by the time the final come, because the kickoff was at eight and I finished work at seven on a Sunday. And it oh, takes me beautiful. Ju- well, no, it takes me just over an hour to get home. So I would have missed the first sort of 10, 20 minutes. So mm-hmm. um, what I ended up doing was managing to, well, I had to do some stuff for her as well, like my manager. Um, <laughs> that sounded weird. Not in a <laughs> Not in a weird kind of you know, under table favor kind of way. Oh, but I had to... You got to do what you got to do. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm really not that kind of guy. But um, I had to pick up some extra days work and stuff the following week just yeah. to have my shift on Sunday moved an hour earlier. 
but I did get mm. to watch the whole game. I got home with plenty of time sort of thing. But like I say, I, I didn't enjoy any of it. Like it was just so tense. And um, also worth mentioning, I'd watched every game apart from that Croatia one with someone, um, whether it was a friend or my dad or my brother mm-hmm. or whatever. I watched I watched every England game with someone. So you got that kind of feeling to bounce off of someone. But with the final, I was just sitting in my own in because I've moved out now. Um, a couple of months back, I moved out. I'm, I was sitting in this house expecting someone to kind of come in at any moment, like one of the other guys, because some of them are into football, some of them aren't. And I was kind of thinking, oh, OK, I'm going to watch this whole game on my own in this new house that I'm living in. So it was quite an experience. But um, I was just like, as soon as it as soon as Saka missed, I was like, I was just devastated for him. Like I say, he's my Arsenal, uh, Arsenal allegiance as well. So mm-hmm. a bit devastated for him. But he he's 19, you know. He he'll come on. He'll 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 be strong. He'll be strong. Hey, yeah. Just mad props for him to actually stepping up to be the the fifth penalty taker. I mean, there's a lot of people who who have experience who probably should have taken the penalty. <coughs> Sterling. Um. Uh, but, um <laughs> Your homeboy Sterling. Do you think uh, he's yes. leaving Man City? By the way. Uh, he could go. He could leave. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> what about Grealish? Because Grealish might be one of your boys soon. Hey, you know, I actually like Jack Grealish. I felt like old boy should have gotten more playing time, but you know what? Like talking about transfer rumors, just real quick. That, like they wanted um, Man City want Grealish and Kane, right? Mm-hmm. But um, I don't think Grealish is any better than Mares, and you've already got that quality there. I don't understand yeah. why you'd want Grealish, to be honest. But he should have definitely taken a penalty though, hundred yeah. percent. Him and um, Sterling, you know, I don't know yeah. how old Grealish is, but Sterling's been around for a bit. And you know, in uh, terms of Grealish, Grealish is like twenty. Grealish is like twenty six, I think, twenty five, twenty six. Okay, but in terms of like international tournaments, it was probably like one like, of his first ones as well. So I understand yeah. why he didn't take one, but someone's got to take it, and someone's got to miss. You know, it's mm-hmm. like um, <laughs> the Europa League final between Man United and Villarreal. Well, no one missed. <laughs> no one missed. Everyone scored and it went on for about an hour. <laughs> and it was I, like, for I, God's I, sake, I, someone missed. <laughs> the goalkeeper missed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It came down to that in the end. I mean, the thing is, though, the goalkeepers were the villains of that particular day because they, I mean, they were so bad. It's like, just save a shot. How hard is it? You know, but, um, but yeah, not to be this time around anyway, but uh, I think that will you know, everyone goes, oh, yeah, you know, Qatar. Uh, uh, uh. But you've got to remember with a World Cup, you know, you've got to factor in the South Americans, you know, your Brazils, your Argentinas, Chile, Colombia, all of those, you know, they're all capable of beating us. So um, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> this was because it's a European championship as well. You've only you've got less you've got less competition. And I think that was the best chance, you know, that especially when you see France go out, Germany go out. um you know, whoever else went out, Portugal went out. Italy, yeah. I mean, Italy were pretty good over the course of the tournament, but they weren't it, like elite. Yeah, me. Italy just came together at the right place at the right time. That's how I see it. Yeah, yeah, that's a fair point. I mean, the fact is they're all 40. <laughs> they're still yeah. going strong. And freaking, know? they won like, what, 33, 34 matches undefeated since Roberto Mancini took over, so... Yeah, but have a look at the teams that they've played as well. That's all I'll say on that, because it will be yeah. all qualification games and things to get to World Cups and um, 
European Championships. So you are really playing crap old teams. So that's why they've done well. You know, yeah. I'm not uh, I'm not I'm but, not that fixated on yeah. that. But they did go through the harder side of the bracket. They even beat the number one overall team in the world, supposedly in Belgium. But then again, mm. Belgium was Belgium was pretty injured with Hazard, De Bruyne, you know. I think worth mentioning just on that as well is that it's been a long season for these players because um, obviously the season started late due to uh, COVID and things. And um, mm. well, they had a break and then they finished up last season and then it kind of rolled straight into this season or uh, mm. the season that we've just had. So they played a lot of football and then to go and play a tournament at the end of it, I feel like, you know, I know it's their job. I'm not going to feel sorry for them because, I, you know, I'd quite happily get paid what they're paid to kick a football around. But, um, you know, they have played a lot of football this year. So when you see the injuries, especially in the modern game, I'm surprised Saka was able to take a penalty, actually, after blooming um, Chiellini neck-breaked him. Oh, yeah, dude. I was like, how is that? <laughs> uh, they just they just let him play, I guess. So I thought, OK, that's bullshit, but whatever. Honestly, I don't know how you got away with that one. Honestly, honestly. Um, wrestling. <laughs> Let's go. Should we, the should we talk about stuff. some stuff? What we're uh, what we're here for? So, did you go to SmackDown as well? I did not go to SmackDown. I I had to uh, work, unfortunately, but I, I was looking forward just to going up to like Dallas and seeing all my friends, you know, that I haven't seen in so long. All that was sure. missing are. All I was missing are my are my UK buddies. I need y'all to come to Texas ASAP. <laughs> oh mate. Um, well, funnily enough, we will be coming to Texas if all goes ahead next um, March April time. But um, yeah, I was going to say. I mean, we wouldn't have travelled for money in a bank anyway. So so yeah, you, if you were expecting to see us, I mean, I can't. What, what can I no, say I'm, back to that? I know. I just miss. I just miss y'all over there. <laughs> Honestly, like I've been talking to Glee quite a lot on Instagram as well, and I can't believe how long. Like literally, in New York, twenty nineteen was the last time I saw you guys, which was oh, two oh, years. Just, just oh, staggering, was... man. Honestly, well, over two years now, when you think about it. So um, yeah, we um, they've announced actually that there's going to be a WWE. Uh, I think it's SmackDown, like a house show taking place in September. At our uh, O2 Arena in London, but um, oh, yeah, that's our, that was our reaction because we've all bought really? tickets. Re- yeah. Really, <laughs> we've all bought tickets for it, but um, I, I don't think it will go ahead, to be honest. So, just to put into context, um, do you know who Dua Lipa is? You must do. I can't can't imagine you wouldn't. Dua Lipa. Um, oh yeah, I freaking love Dua Lipa. Exactly right. Who doesn't? Um, and she was due to play her show at the same arena on the Friday of that week. And mm-hmm. um, that's already been postponed until next year. So I Damn. was like, hmm. We, yeah. And then and then WWE announced this show. And I was like, no, nah, I can't see it going ahead, to be honest. But um, They can basic, try, but... Mm. Well, this is it. But, I, I mean, I think for the guys, um, you know, Ian and John and some, some of my other pals that would have been, that would be travelling up to London for it, don't know whether or not they've made their arrangements yet just because why would you at this point if you know what I mean so yeah um because we've just had on um well yesterday Monday Monday the uh 19th was our quote-unquote freedom day so basically 
all the restrictions kind of are now not in place and all that sort of stuff. So um, although the government are already backtracking, so this is why everyone's worried. You know, it's not COVID hasn't gone. It didn't drop. It COVID didn't disappear at midnight. So, um, yep. you know, keep wearing your masks and washing your hands and all that. You dirty pigs. Um, anyway, uh, SmackDown. So there was a title match on SmackDown. Uh, this is the only thing I've got noted down, really, apart from obviously um, the crowd was back. Uh, was yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, that's why I'm surprised you didn't go, really, because I thought you would have been part of that first crowd. First crowd yeah. back. Yeah. I mean, I, I was thinking about taking off, but then, like, see, I honestly. I initially thought I didn't need to take that day off because I thought I was going to go to Vegas for SummerSlam. I'm not going Vegas. to Vegas. I'm not going to Vegas anymore because, like, I decided I'm going to go to uh, Raw in San Antonio because, you know, my my friend, freaking the Raw Women's Champion, wants to hang out that that day. So I said, well, I can't say no to the champ. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fair enough. How far is San Antonio from you? Uh, for me, it's three hours. Dallas is four hours, so. Oh, this is how big Texas is, guys. Honestly, like four hours for us is like the other side of the country. (laughs) Crazy. Yeah. (laughs) Or you could even get to like another country. Like if you flew four hours, you could get to like Greece (laughs) or something. Oh, shit. shit. I know. (laughs) Crazy, right? Not that any Mm -hmm. of us are going to Greece right now. But but yeah, so Friday night, um, SmackDown was the first one back in front of um, fans. Uh, The only things I've got mentioned really uh edge's pop was quite something when he oh, that pop hit. was loud <laughs> the you think you know me you think you know me that was yeah. pretty cool um roman i thought got quite a nice reaction in the sense that it was really mixed and i thought that mm-hmm. was kind of perfect because he is a bit like that at the moment he is a funny kind of character at the moment so i thought that was quite cool um and then yeah just to touch on there was because uh, there was a match with edge in that but you know it it's set up nicely for Money in a Bank, I guess, which we'll talk about. But other than that, I didn't think it was anything too special. It was just like a TV match, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but the one that was pulled from Money in a Bank because Bailey, bless her, got, got injured, which I was a bit gutted about. Um, and he's going to be out for like nine months, I believe. Um, yep. So they had to do something. Um, this was a week prior to Money in a the Bank. They had to do something um to change Bianca Belair's opponent so they put Carmella in the spot which I don't think anyone was really aggrieved about um especially as Smackdown doesn't re- or prior to Money in the Bank didn't really have much of a women's division it was kind of like hmm who are you going to pick that isn't in the ladder match do you know what I mean <laughs> so it was yeah. it was um it was kind of Carmella or no one so um yeah that match took place in Houston on Friday uh Bianca retained um with the kod kiss of death i quite enjoyed it actually but again it was just like a tv um championship match rather than a pay-per-view level kind of championship match so i didn't miss it on money in a bank but i still thought it was worth mentioning did you have anything yeah um no like match was good honestly like freaking bianca's killing it as the champ i really one of the reasons i I wanted to go to money in the bank was obviously i really wanted to see that la- that match with her and Bailey, but you know that didn't happen. Um, hopefully, we can get Bailey at Access next year at least, just for an appearance, because I do miss that woman too. <laughs> but I was overall, say, nine, nine months will run after WrestleMania, won't it? Just for context, that's a it'll, shame. 
Yeah, so unless they want to do the whole surprise thing, they won't bring her for anything. That is a real, real shame. Although yeah. she could potentially do those ding dong hello segments. Um, you know, like she wasn't on the card this year's WrestleMania, but she was still there in some capacity. So I yeah. guess they could do that again with her, or she could, I don't know. Host yeah, but you know how the, know. you know how WWE likes to get those surprise pop, uh, you know, uh, reactions. So if anything, that's what they'll hold off on. Good Lord, from this weekend, do we? Do we know about how much WWE love a pop? Honestly, there's so many to discuss. So many to discuss. Um, mm-hmm. Just on the to- topic of Bailey, though, I just wanted to say, like, um, I'm not saying it's just because she got injured either, but between sort of her and Sasha and Oscar, I think they were like my MVPs of the kind of um, performance center slash Thunderdome era oh, if you want to hands, call it that hands, hands down hands down me and my friends were just talking about this the, they were literally the mvps yeah yeah exactly um I, I guess drew maybe on the men's side of things um and then obviously roman but he obviously didn't he, he didn't do the performance he, center did he, he, he just yeah did. He, the thunderdome he's gone for a couple months so i don't think it's fair to kind of say he was um one of them really just because yeah. of he missed quite a bit but uh, but yeah, just shout out to um, to Bailey. We're gonna we're gonna miss you crazy. But when she pops, so I want her to come back as like I said, I know I just said about the ding dong hello stuff, but I would love her to come back as like over the top kiddie face Bailey again, um, with all the wacky waving things, inflatable things. I'd love that Bailey to come back. I know she's been very very good as heel Bailey, and I've I've enjoyed that as well, but. I miss my old Bailey. Yeah, yeah, she's a. <laughs> I just, I, I just, damn, I'm just gonna really miss. Her. I feel like, I mean, I went up there to one of the like, dang, we don't even, we don't have no golden role models on this show, and that's like, I mean, Sasha's obviously coming back for SummerSlam, but, dang, like we had no Bailey, no Sasha. It's just a shame, but, but hey, they, they carried this company on their back for the last uh. How I don't even remember how long the Thunderdome lasted and the PC performance uh, shows lasted, but they're the ones literally I would come back from work after a like a freaking 60 hour work week and I would just watch them and they just crack me up. So, yeah, they are they were like absolute gold, like you know, golden role models, but they were gold in another sense. Yeah, their their segments always did really well in the demographic from what I would always read. It's like, hey, hey, freaking Bailey's Bailey, Bailey more than Sasha, I feel like it was more comic relief. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Um, Sasha's always kind of a little bit more serious, like you can always tell she's got a little bit more of an agenda, whereas Mm -hmm. Bailey kind of just sort of like is just flowing in the moment, (laughs) sort of Uh thing. So um, but yeah, I'm going to miss her so much. Um, just on the topic of Sasha then, obviously we mm-hmm. haven't had anything. She wasn't back at Money in the Bank, wasn't back on Raw. Could come back Friday, I guess, on SmackDown. We'll get wait and see. But That's what, what do I'm you think? assuming too. She's just going to go against Bianca again, rematch? It, yeah, I think it sets up perfectly for uh, SummerSlam. It's like, it's basically SummerSlam right now feels like WrestleMania, like a little, it's like a mini WrestleMania season right now because, you know, Freaking the fan, all the fans are going to be there. Freaking, uh, so they're going to do their best to pump out the best matches. I mean, they're bringing back like Goldberg, Cena, and all that stuff. So, like, they're trying to make SummerSlam like really huge. So, it only makes sense on the women's side. 
you get the best match you can, which is Sasha versus Bianca. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, yeah, no, I, am, I understand your point um, perfectly, in fact. Um, we will go in on these things in more detail. Um, let's start off Money in the Bank, though. Pre-show, did you see the pre-show? I did. That was one of the best matches. you were matches. there? Yeah, that was there. <laughs> one of the best matches of the, uh, of the night, honestly. So um, I almost missed it because I was, I was messing around. I don't know what I was doing at this time of night. I was messing around in my room doing something, and I had it on in the background, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I was like, oh, shit, the Usos are coming out. <laughs> I was like, oh, the ma- like, I, I thought they were just on the normal card. I didn't think I didn't think there was enough matches to have a pre-show match, if you know what I mean. So oh, I was they'll, like, they'll always get their pre-show in. Don't you worry about that. For sure. And I feel like the Usos are always on a pre-show as well throughout their whole career. Anyway, yeah. I was like, oh, I totally almost missed it. But I'm glad I didn't because it was so, so good. And um, Usos are your new SmackDown Tag, tag Champions. So... Uh, which I think everyone expected. I think um, in my little prediction league that I do with the guys, I think we all went Usos on that one. Um, shame for Ray and Dom, I guess, but they've kind of had their moment in a sense that, you know, we spoke about it last time where it was like, all oh, the first ever father, father, son, how long yeah. can you make that last <laughs> and keep the intention on it? You know, people don't really care. So, um, and Usos, you know, with the tribal chief and all the rest of it now, um, I think the only thing that's missing is Paul Heyman as 24-7 champion. Give him uh, a belt. Right, he accidentally just falls on like Tazawa or something and wins the belt. Christ, if he fell on you as well, you like not, not to body shame, but you you know you ain't kicking out <laughs> if he falls on you. <laughs> um, so yeah, that was the pre-show match. The Usos um, ret- uh, win, not retain, they did win. Um, we see them again later though. Uh, in the mm-hmm. main event, which was pretty cool. Uh, all right, so the first match that opened the show was the ladies' um, women's Money in the Bank match, which uh, your girl, your buddy, your bestie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my friend. So, just explain to people. Like, I mean, I kind of know because I've been there with you at times where you've, you know, kind of we've both spoke to her at the same time and all that sort of stuff. But um, just explain for the folks at home. Uh, like I'm on TV here, um, how you and Nikki first sort of came to be and how you know her now quite well and stuff. So I knew her before she even signed to NXT, the Miss Nikki Storm, as she was known back then. I mainly first, I, but I never actually got to meet her in person until after she was signed with NXT, but I always interacted with her on Twitter because I just freaking loved the crap she did in ICW. And I thought she was freaking hilarious. Best in the galaxy. Of course, saw her in, in uh, in uh, what we'll call it, uh, Shimmer and uh, Stardom. So I was like, oh, this girl's awesome. She little, little freaking uh, spun, little Spitfire, you know, freaking just that annoying little heel that you just want to hate. But I was like, oh no, I can't hate her. She's really awesome. Then and then I then she got signed to NXT. Met her in met her at the at the performance center. Uh, freaking, you know, she followed me back and then met over there and all the accesses and we just kept getting closer and closer. Then when uh, Elimination Chamber 2019 was here, we actually just uh, we actually hung out not just not like a fan or a wrestler, but like actual two human beings who just wanted to get to know each other 
And I guess she fancied me. I don't know. She I, she thought I was all right. <laughs> and Aww. since then we we've just you know we exchanged numbers, messages, and like it's like I never thought I'd be able to be friends with someone that that's in the business that I want to be in and has actually become one of my really good friends. So I'm very grateful that she gave me a chance to go from fan to friend. So yeah. Isn't that lovely, guys? Eh? Isn't that lovely? Um, <laughs> see, just that see curiosity. What when, uh-huh. No, go on. What were you going to say? See what happens when you just act normal around people. <laughs> I know, right? Just be nice. <laughs> How hard is it just to be nice? Legit, just be nice. Like, it's like people, literally all it takes. <laughs> people say to me quite a lot, oh, you get really good photos at Access and stuff. That's because I'm nice when I approach them or whatever, or I say thank you and stuff, or I'm just, you know... It's, if you're nice, you'll, you'll be surprised how nice they are to you back. If you act like an entitled little bitch, you're going to get a bad response. Do you know what I mean? So um, well, I was no, just curious. They'll no sell you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, brutal. Um, I was just curious to see if you knew um, prior to time if, she, if that she was going to win or if you knew that she was going to cash in on Raw or anything. Did she kind of give you a heads up or? So... I was trying to hang out with her on Saturday when I arrived up there to uh to uh, Dallas, right? Because, like, I know, okay, she's going to be pr- pretty busy on Sunday, you know, because, like, you know, she's got to get ready for this huge ladder match, right? So we were trying to hang out Saturday night, but she told me rehearsals went pretty late and uh, and she was really tired. So if anything, we hang out after the show, right? Um, but she... um. She knew she was told she was gonna win Saturday night, but um, you know, she didn't want to tell anybody because like, you know, the business always changes, you know, they could just change up the result like that, you know. So like, Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean Vince changes his mind like minutes to showtime, so until it actually happens, I guess they probably want to keep their cards close to their chest, sort of thing. Um, especially as these things kind of end up on dirt sheets and stuff too. Um, yeah. Do you follow um, Wrestle Votes on Twitter at all? Yeah. 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 So they know everything. And I want to know how they know everything. Like he, he or she obviously has an in, and um, literally, I guess it's not spoiled, but literally everything for this weekend was. Although I was like the way that things happened and the way things transpired, I was obviously a bit like, oh, okay, so I popped, but. I knew that that person was coming back at some point. So it's right. kind of like you already know what was going to happen before it happened, even though it happened. <laughs> that makes no sense at all. But I was just curious whether or not you knew she was going to win uh, prior to the event starting and all that stuff. But um, but you went in blind, which was quite nice and I obviously blind, made you. Yeah. And you got an organic pop out of it as well, which was cool. And probably what you would prefer, right? Yeah, absolutely. Like even though like I I still love surprises in wrestling, so I'm not gonna lie. Like, I always have faith in my girl, but you know I always thought, man, they're not gonna choose her to win MITB. You got a freaking Alexa in there. You got uh, I thought Liv had a really good shot at winning because she's been getting really over with the fans. So I was like, you know what, I wouldn't be mad if Liv won either. So when so I I thought um. Just touching on that, I thought Liv was the red hot favourite going into this. And to be honest, I love Nikki, don't get me wrong, and I was blown away that she won. But um, I think I wanted Liv to win. So back to, I don't know how long ago it was, I think it was before Mania, but she has this um, documentary thing on WWE Network. 
And yeah, I saw that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, when she went when that aired, I was literally like, oh, give Liv everything. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I was like, she needs to be champion of the world. So um, I, and the way that they've been building her story on um, SmackDown was kind of like she wasn't in Money in Bank until kind of like a week before. So it was like she mm-hmm. kept getting knocked back, knocked back, knocked back. So I was like, OK, it looks like they're building her up to win. So um, hopefully she'll kind of be OK. But uh, I was just stressing before the match or before the pay-per-view took place that it needed to be someone that has either not held the briefcase before or not been champion before. And that's the same for the men's, just because for me personally, that's the you've got a surefire way every year of creating a new star. And mm-hmm. I think the recent last kind of, I don't know, five year period or something, I just feel like they've just been failing and failing and failing and dropping it constantly. And um, I guess it's not news now, but Nikki Cross is current is now the Royal Women's Champion. She won it last night off of um, Charlotte. So I love that and I'm really proud of her and I'm really grateful that they've given this to her and let, I hope they let her run with it for a while. But it's the exact same thing that happened last year. Well, it's not the exact same thing, but it's it's got a similar parallel to what happened last year where it's the night after Money in the Bank and the women's briefcase is already gone. So mm. you've lost you've lost a whole year of, oh, will she cash in? When, when will she cash in? You know, because it's already happened. And this is why I'm now like you know trying to say i hope that she gets to hold the title for a little while and Mm -hmm. um you know so that it is worth it um otherwise you've just thrown it away again you know so but also on the back side of that um so we'll talk about her match later i guess but where charlotte won the title at money in a bank and then loses it the next night it's just like money in a bank for the women is just being used to give charlotte another title reign so that for me is a little bit overshadowing Nikki's win at the moment. Hopefully mm. in weeks to come, hopefully that, you know, I think Nikki's new character as well has been really funny and really good. And I've enjoyed it a lot. But um, I just feel like she's, I, I, like, I, like I said, I'm not trying to put Nikki down at all. All I'm saying is someone else seems to be the vocal point of this. And it's really frustrating. Yeah. No, no, I, I, yeah, I understand completely. I, it's like, I was thinking like, like, all right, you're good. When I saw her win, it's like, yeah, I was so happy. But then like, I'm thinking, okay, okay, are, they're setting something up. Like, I, as much as I hate to say it, like, I feel she's just gonna be, you know, that transitional champion for something much bigger than her. And I don't like that. But hey, at least I can say. At least she can say she won the Raw Women's title. I get to say the Raw Women's champion is my friend. So I'm just like, you know what? Let her have her moment and whatever happens. Hopefully they at least let her keep it till SummerSlam at least. That's all. Um, that's what I'm praying for. This is it. I mean, I want to see her hold it beyond SummerSlam. And yeah, me too. Know, don't get me wrong. For a while, feel, you know. But I feel like. They're setting something up. I don't know what they're thinking. Either pro- it's probably something with Becky and Charlotte, most likely, and re- throwing Rhea every now and then too. But I feel like well, that's what they're setting it. up for. This is the worry, isn't it? But mm-hmm. with all, with also, also that being said, I'm surprised in myself that I didn't kind of see it because. So a few weeks ago, I put on Twitter 
So it was before. So we didn't cover the last pay-per-view, did we? Because we were both like incredibly busy. Yeah. But yeah. Um, where it was Rhea versus Charlotte, I remember saying at the time, why isn't Nikki Cross in this match? Because on the Raws, in the build-up for that whole month she, or whatever she it was. Did pick up, she did pick up wins, like yeah. several wins. Whether it was in a um, beat-the-clock challenge or whatever, Nikki was the one that was the vocal point. And I was literally, I remember saying at the time, like obviously this was a month ago now, so whether people listening to this want to believe me or not, but I remember saying at the time, this leads to Nikki being champion in my mind. I don't understand why she's not in the match, like at the pay-per-view. <laughs> so kind of fast forward a month on, where we're now at Money in the Bank and Raw where she's cashed in, it's kind of come full circle for me a little bit. So Honestly. yeah, right? I don't know if it's just me that's seen that. I guess not, but... Um, no, because I, I thought the same thing. Like, she's picked up wins, yet she's not included in the feud. So, like, you're not going to pay that off. Exactly. So, the fact is, she come out during Rhea and Charlotte's little kind of squabble beatdown at the end of Raw. And you know what made me laugh the most? So, Charlotte is supposed to be the greatest women's wrestler of all time. She got beat by a crossbody. <laughs> that cracked me up. I was like, hey, yes, Nikki. No, that, 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 was a, that was a super crossbody. I mean, I mean, no one could kick out of that. <laughs> a super Nikki crossbody. Get it? Get it? Yeah, Dude. a super Nikki crossbody. <laughs> ah, ah, ah. Get in with that. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, humor is not wasted here. Uh, okay, cool. So um, the money in the bag match itself, um, it was all right, I guess. There was some points... Ladder matches to me now, right? Because I'll say the same about the men's whilst we're on the topic of it. So yeah. ladder matches for me now, I feel like nobody actually wants to get the prize at the top of it. <laughs> I think, yeah, you're talking about how slow they climb up there. I Honestly, honest to God. And also, when they do get to the top of the ladder, they jump off of it. Or And I'm literally like, what, what are you doing? The prize is right there. And it's like the whole um, psychology, like when you go back to like Razor and um, Sean, you know, first ladder match at Mania 10 or whatever it was. I was literally like the whole psychology of a ladder match has gone out of the window. It's literally like every everything that happens in especially the multi-people ladder matches now, everything is for a pop or everything's a, um, a dive or a big move or whatever. Everything's like that now rather than what the match is actually about. But on the backflip of that, I don't necessarily think that's negative because it makes it more entertaining, doesn't it? So, yeah, 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 I agree. I agree. Yeah. But um, the only thing for me that sucked a little bit in this ladder match was, um, you know, when Alexa and Zelina are at the top of it. And Zel- oh, my uh, God, that that was so I, I don't know how I felt. I think it was cringe and I was kind of infuriated. It's like, why is this happening? So this was my concern with uh, Lexi when um, the whole Thunderdome, when the whole Thunderdome era finished and they're carrying it on, which I think is brave. And um, because I was thinking how, so how did the crowd, as you were there, how did the crowd respond to that? Like people around you, were they like, oh my God. I felt felt like, I felt like there was a giant moan in the crowd. Like, oh my God, she's literally quote unquote, like, using like psychic mimic powers or whatever it was like it was like a big groan i could tell kind of like when drew said story time with drew mcintyre you could just hear the boo in the crowd <laughs> when he said that i was like all right well we know how we, they feel about that 
So basically what you're saying about Alexa's gimmick is that it doesn't necessarily work in front of people compared to how it would work on TV and uh, sorry, not TV, Thunderdome, where like yeah. they can feel bits and yeah. stuff. Yeah. I think the the fans want the goddess back, you know? Yeah, and there was a pop for when she come out because I could tell that she was wearing it already when she come out. And then uh-huh. when she ripped off her kind of like apron and yeah. um, had the two piece back that she would wear when she was the goddess and like the crowd yeah. popped. So yeah, I, thought, I popped for that too. Yeah, I was like, oh, she and I was like, oh no, she looking good to me right now too. <laughs> she looked fantastic. Yeah, but Oof. I was literally thinking, um, so maybe we're not too far away from that, or whether or not they incorporate the two characters together. I guess we'll wait and see because we're on roll. I wouldn't mind if Alexa stayed sinister, but without the freaking magic BS. Yeah, yeah. Because on Raw, I mean, she was still sort of swinging around on the playground thing. But yeah. um, she does have some funny little quimsical things that she says there, though. I don't know. It was going around on Twitter a while back where she was like, just before she gets filmed, she goes, I don't know who she's talking to, but she goes, what's a gimmick? And that just really made me laugh. And I was like, she is literally owning what she's doing right now as well. So I do like Alexa, but um, I'm also in that sense. I'm also glad she didn't win because she's been a couple of time champion by now. And And she's money in the bank. Yeah, I would say money in the bank already. So, um, yeah, uh, other than that, I mean, what else can you remember from the match that you liked and didn't like? Uh, hmm. I don't know. Like you know, for uh, for the ladder match, right? Um. So there's a funny. Uh, so there's actually a little funny story about that. Uh, you know that crossbody that Nikki did, right? Hmm. Yeah. Hey, uh, she was telling me that she she was actually lucky to get to actually be able to make that crossbody because she had slipped uh when she jumped off. Uh, I did notice that, actually, because at first I thought it was because she was where she's quite short, you know, not to be rude to her, but she is quite short. I thought, oh, she hasn't covered the distance because she is short. But then when you looked at it in slow-mo, yeah, it did look like she slipped ever so slightly. But I'm glad that she landed it safely in the end. So Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I like the match was fine. I mean, it wasn't the greatest women's ladder match. Um, The only thing I didn't like, obviously, was the the whole Alexa, Zelina thing. there wasn't that many bad spots like like oh why would you take that spot I mean I think the worst one was like I think Nikki took a slam by Naomi on a ladder but other than that like it was you know a pretty basic ladder match where they all go on go to, to the top of the ladders and start beating each other punching each other on the top of the ladders and then Nikki sneaks through the back door and grabs it while everyone's still fighting each other I was like oh. That's funny. That's um that's what I found really funny because it was so out of the blue and you'd not yeah. seen that kind you'd not seen that style finish before. Yeah, and just um, go through the back door and while everyone's fighting, oh, grabbed it. What what it reminded me of was um when I, when you play as your own character on like the 2K games and you're playing Money in the Bank and you literally like because they're so hard to win because there's so many people in them, you literally right. just wait for your opportune moment and it's like totally out of character to the way the match is going but you just sort of slip up there and just win it like unexpectedly <laughs> and i've just found that really funny when nikki won it but it suited her character perfectly in the way that she won it and um i think the crowd they really popped because they were just like really surprised but it was a nice surprise 
because um you know yeah because like, cause i was when the crowd you could tell that like like they liked her but you know she wasn't the favorite of the of the crowd you know i felt like the the crowd really wanted either Liv morgan to win <laughs> naomi to win or even alexa before the bs the magic bs yeah i think that's fair um i don't know about alexa i, I would have said yeah naomi definitely People have got a strong connection to Naomi. I think they want her to be back. Um, but she, again, I didn't want Naomi to win because she falls in my category of already been champion. Although she hasn't had the best of careers since her her title loss, I don't want her to win. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It needed to be to someone new. So um, yeah. Uh, all right, cool. So as we're on the ladder match, should we talk about the men's as well whilst we're there? Because this one for me had a lot more spot stuff going on in it. Like, Yeah, you know, I predicted, I was telling my friend, I predicted if uh, Ricochet doesn't get Ricochet off a, a ladder, uh, then they failed. And I, I thought that Ricochet would have the worst spots in the, uh, in the ladder match, but it turns out Kevin Owens just wants to break his back. Oh, Kevin Owens, man. Like, it, uh, the way I see him doing this stuff, I can imagine him being told no so many times, like backstage, but he does it uh-huh. anyway because uh-huh. he's Kevin Owens, you know, like he he is Mr. King of the Indies, isn't he? And when mm-hmm. you look back to some of these old matches that he'd have in Ring of Honor or whatever, like on, on ladders and things with Sami Zayn, and you just Ladder think, war. wow. Um, but yeah, Kevin Owens took a fair few horrible ones in this. Um, was it him that took kind of like the Falcon Arrow off of um, Seth and kind of like face planted. That was kind of brutal. Yeah. Um, and then the big power bomb outside onto that ladder. That looked brutal. Um, oh. Yeah. Now Kevin Owens was probably the MVP of this yeah. match in that sense. Um, hey, for just, Ricochet, Ricochet was up there for MVP too. I mean, you see that some of the. I mean, I, I, we know Ricochet can do all that stuff, but man, does that shit still impress me? how much distance and height he can get, especially when Riddle pushed him off that ladder and he just like dove onto everyone so effortlessly. So like Ricochet and Morrison for me were only in this match because of that sort of stuff, because they were going to do a lot of high flying kind of bits and pieces. Um, mm. I like Ricochet a lot, but in that sense, I feel like he's just being used because I'm like, there's no, there's no oh, chance yeah. in hell that he's going to win this match. That's what I said. They, I said they only put Ricochet in this match so he could do the high spots. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. Does them very, very well though. Yeah, I, oh, um, for sure. Yeah. Because like, what? What was he doing before this? He was literally on main event of fighting Mustafa Ali. Oh. Oh. Um. Yeah. So Ricochet. I mean, Ricochet and Kevin Owens probably in competition for like the crazy. The craziest spot of the night, I guess. Um, for, for man of the match. <laughs> yeah, for man of the ladder match. But uh, so Big E won, um, and the ending was pretty cool. See what I did there, big ending, where he dropped <laughs> he, he dropped Rollins from like halfway up the ladder with a big ending. Oh, Apparently, so Chris Jericho said a while back on a podcast that it's the best finisher to take. He said it's kind of like falling on a pillow because of how big Big E is. Um, mm-hmm. so apparently where it's quite a soft landing, that's why it looked 
really cool because it's kind of like Seth didn't get hurt on it at all yeah. because it's one of the softest finishes you can take. But it looked damn cool coming off the top like that. And then I was like, get up, Biggie, get up and get up the ladder. <laughs> and then when he won it, I was like, yeah, because I actually called that one as well. I was like, yes, Biggie, you know, like, like I said to you before, someone needs to win this that um, hasn't been champion or hasn't had that opportunity yet. So I was really, really pleased for Big E because um, I was very, very worried in the build up to Money in the Bank weekend that Drew McIntyre was going to win it. Huh? I was really worried. Did I cut out? A yeah. Bit there? Sorry. Yeah, Sorry. a little bit. My bad. Sorry. Yeah, you're good. No, I was just saying like I was really, really worried on the build up to um, Money in the Bank weekend that uh drew was gonna win it because of um oh, oh yeah freaking i i just want to say to say i think the fans are a little <laughs> tired of my guy drew don't get me i still like drew but man they have been booking him like the other shits honestly and his thing promo is with drew, just been, yeah he's always there or thereabouts now anyway like he can be considered a heavyweight like contender so he doesn't need to win minute money in the bank as far as i'm concerned like Give him a few months out of the title picture and then kind of reintroduce him to it. And I don't think the fans will hate on him so much. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, I just really didn't want him to win, um, to, to win this match. And you know what? I know it's going to sound weird because I think a lot of people aren't into it, but I am so into the Drew and Jinder storyline. I don't know why, uh, but I just really are, like it. Are, are you? I mean, like, I mean, I, I was kind of hoping like if they were going to do that feud, I thought it, it would have been a nice little like, B-level uh, uh, feud for the title if when Drew had it. I thought, be, hey, that's a good little B-level feud. There's a story there. Freaking uh, the two guys that got fired got jacked and came back and became champions. I thought that could have been a nice story. Now they're – what are they fighting about again? I don't even know. Something about disrespect or something? So um, Drew destroyed his motorbike, didn't he? Cause, uh, uh, yes. You disrespected Jin- that man. <laughs> J- Jinder destroyed his sword. sword. Yeah. Sword, yeah. So then Drew destroyed his motorbike, and here we are. So um, <laughs> that's so childish, but whatever. <laughs> it is, but I'm, it is, but I'm enjoying it. I, I don't know why. <laughs> um, I, and as well, I'm I'm pleased because it takes Drew out of the title picture for a little while, and that's I think that's very needed at the moment. So um, mm-hmm. <laughs> although. I would much rather see Drew and Bobby go at it for the 15th time than see Bobby and Bob Goldberg at uh, uh, SummerSlam in a couple of weeks' time. So, mm-hmm. I don't hey, know. Uh, uh, Lash, uh, freaking Lashley, uh, I didn't know how much I liked Lashley until I saw him live again. Like, I saw him and I was like, I popped every time they said, he is the almighty WWE <laughs> champ. I was like... Hey man, I kind of fucks with my guy Bobby Lashley. And then how he dominated Kofi, I was like, I don't know, this, this dude's legit, legit. I can't believe the dude's like forty-five. He's, I don't think he's that old. I think he's like forty, isn't he? I don't know, my maybe. Fr- my, fr- my friend told me he's like forty-five. Hmm, let me check. I'm, I'm not on sure. Wikipedia. I know he's. He I is. He's 40. He is forty-five. You're right. Wow. Can you believe that? Look how great he looks. I know he looks incredible for forty-five. Well, I mean, forty-five is not and, that old, but yeah. And, on, and honestly, I'm like, hey, you know what? I, I kind of wanted to keep holding on to this title for a, a little bit longer. Let's see where he goes. Oh, Bobby Lashley is my WWE champion. <laughs> I don't care is, what people hey, say. I, he's he's becoming my WWE champion. I was like, <laughs> oh yeah, this guy right here. And then with MVP, uh, I think it's great. I think the whole uh, thing is great. 
during like this build up um, with Bobby and Kofi, when Kofi was like going into the match for Money in the Bank, like on the um, the pre-video and all that sort of stuff, it was like, oh, Kofi's moment at WrestleMania 35. And I was like, oh, because as much as I loved all that, I was like, don't mm-hmm. do it, Kofi, don't do it. <laughs> don't take the title off of Bobby Lashley. Please do not do it. Um, and this, so let's move on to this match real quick. Um, it was it was very short. I think it was the shortest match of the night. Seven minutes. And, and Bobby Lashley just wrecked Kofi. And I was like, oh, Kofi, not again. You know, this happens to him fairly All regularly. All the time. <laughs> you know, <laughs> in title like, matches, it went seven seconds. Hey, at least they went from seconds to minutes. It was seven seconds with Lesnar. Now it's seven minutes with Lashley. Yeah, but remember that match he had with Lesnar in um, Beast in the East as well, where it was obviously a little bit longer than seven seconds, but it was still fairly short. And it yeah, went very much like, the same way. Like, yeah, like I think it was like, what, five minutes? But it was still really, I actually really enjoyed that match, the one at Beast in the East. That's when the knew they were sort of heels and shit. So I was like, yeah, where um, where Kofi's quite lightweight as well. Like when these big guys like toss him around, it looks great. <laughs> I know that sounds brutal on Kofi's and, part, and, and, but it does and look Lesnar good. does work. Lesnar does work much better with uh, with the Smaller little guys. guys. That it leads to, yeah, he he actually does. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, so yeah, uh, Kofi Kingston got absolutely destroyed. Not just defeated, but destroyed by Bobby Lashley. So. Oh, yeah. uh, do you think uh, Kofi's going to take a bit of time off now, maybe? Because he's a family man as well. well I, don't know where, I, don't, I don't know where Kofi goes from here. Keep in mind, also, Xavier Woods did pin the WWE champion. Was it like, what, two weeks ago or something like that? That's so true. So I wonder if they're going to pay that off, too. And he very much like, helped his own in that Hell in a Cell that they did on Raw for no reason whatsoever. Because I feel there's a, there's a story there. Like, yeah, Lashley uh, is going to probably, like, run through the new day again and like bring them to an inch of their life and i feel like if uh, they don't do anything with lashley past goldberg i mean big east got that money in the bank revenge angle for like how dare you take out my brother take out my brothers in arms (laughs) you know that's that's, what i was thinking well no that actually sounds good i was gonna say really good but then i thought you added the name goldberg in there so it's only good (laughs) it's not really good but, said, um, yeah, for, once 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 uh, Bobby gets past Goldberg, there's a revenge angle which is waiting for it to happen. Sure, sure. Uh, for people that ain't aware, then so on Raw last night, um, Bobby Lashley uh, did um, an open challenge. Um, for, it wasn't for the title though, was it? It was just an open challenge. It was an open challenge, like get your shine with the champion. It was very weird. But um, Keith Lee answered the call which was really, really cool as far as I was concerned, because I, I don't mean I don't mean this to sound really disrespectful, but because he's been off TV for so long and they keep mm. tre- like and they didn't treat him particularly well initially. I was like, I kind of forgot about him. So when because mm. when his music hit, I didn't recognize the music and where it was green. I thought I was like, who is this? I thought it was Apollo Crews for a minute. And then right. I was like, oh, Keith Lee, when he come out and I was like, oh, OK, really cool. So then I was hoping where you've brought back Keith Lee. So this is what we were saying earlier about WWE have gone a bit kind of, if anything, they've gone a bit over the top with the pop returns and things. Cause yeah. uh, this, this was kind of a pop within a pop. So it was like, Oh, Keith Lee, you know, but we've just been baited in the sense that Keith Lee's come out and then just got beat and he got beat quite convincingly. And I was like, Oh, well that's a shame. Cause there's no argument here for Keith Lee to go again. 
And then when Goldberg's music hit, I just went, oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> I was fuming. I went, no way. And he, I was just. He, he got cheered. Well, are these, cheer, are these cheers ironic now? Because people have been, where people have been away for so long, do they just I want hon- to cheer with anything? I, I honestly think they're just cheering because, like, even, I'm pretty sure they, if the, we were still, like, in normal, just activities and like we go to every show every week i feel like they would have shot on him but because i guess like hey big wrestlers back let's cheer him yay because like i don't know even oh. john cena even john cena was like after when he uh reappeared after all these all this time even he was like y'all are cheering me am i in bizarro world hell i i popped for john cena yeah, but people kind of like Cena. Like, although it was oh, Cena wins lol at the time, people have always kind of liked Cena deep down because we know he's a good guy. With, like, Goldberg, he does nothing for no one. You know, not, I'm not saying he's selfish or anything, but, like, mm-hmm. when he when he came back, he, he had this ideology of, oh, I'm doing it for my little son and all this shit that no one yeah. gave a shit about. And then he just sort of comes in takes his payday, works a 30-second match, and disappears again for six months. You know, he's not doing anything. It's really frustrating. He's not what people want in a legend, I guess. Um, going back to Bobby, um, the match for me, um, um, I guess for most people, is Bobby Brock. And I said on Twitter the other night, if you can't do Bobby Brock, you don't do another match. You know, as far as I'm concerned, you don't do Goldberg. You do you do Bobby Brock or you do Bobby versus someone normal on the main roster. So when mm-hmm. Keith Lee come out, I thought, OK, Keith Lee, you know, might be your next title contender for a bit, which would be really cool. And then the way he lost, I was a bit like, oh, that shut that down really quick. And then Goldberg come out and ruined the whole thing. So to me, that's just really extremely frustrating. I, no, I, I, I got you. Yeah. Like if you're going to if you're going to give someone the rub, might as well be someone who is uh, trying to establish himself and not someone who's been past their prime for a long time yeah but even what you're saying about bobby lashley being 45 i imagine this will be his only title reign i can't imagine he'll get another one after this because like i I mean he might want to stay around but i imagine he'll wind down now um he might even go part-time or something after this but like the fact is this match will do nothing for no one because it's like Bobby is already established and Goldberg is past it. Like you say, who does this, who's this for? And the fans like, you know, diehard fans like me and yourself, we don't want to see it. So who is it for? I guess I know the answer to that. It is for these people that, you know, won't watch any other show during the year, but we'll watch SummerSlam and they'll be like, but even still, Mm -hmm. so say like, say someone like my brother or whatever, who might watch WrestleMania or something each year. He'll be like, bloody hell, he looks awful. Because he remembers Goldberg or whoever, Undertaker, whoever. He'll remember them looking a certain way. So all it is is damage limitation. So that's why I asked the question, who is it for? It makes no sense to me, like as a whole. Exactly. Yeah. It's it's for the McMahon's pocket, essentially, because people are buying into this premise that it's going to be good, and then it's not. So, But they've already had their money by that point, so it doesn't matter. So, yeah, yeah. anyway. That was that little groan out of the way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's go on to another groan. Um, oh, actually, no, let's split it up. Let's talk about something that was actually okay first. Because um, okay. I'm just running through the matches here because there's another couple of matches to talk about. 
Um, mm-hmm. Tag match, AJ and Omos uh, retaining against the Viking Raiders. Um, so this match for me, all I'm seeing about it really, doesn't matter that AJ and Omos retained really, but all I'm seeing is where Omos threw AJ over the top rope and he hit the Hurricane Runner. Uh-huh. Yeah, that was dope. I've been seeing that a lot, and I thought, okay, that was cool. But I can't remember anything else from the match, if you can. Uh, freaking, like, honestly, it was pretty, a uh, pretty forgettable match, because, like, I don't know, because Omos is, like, he's not the most mobile guy, and, but I love how AJ literally just does all the, the you know, the, the hard work, and then Omos just comes and beats that ass, but, like, in the the when I was in the in the crowd, like I could just freaking Omos and freaking AJ are total baby faces. <laughs> like, oh, they I are, really? Like, they That's... were loved. I was like, dang, y'all really loved. I was like, I kind of, I even I even I liked them. I was like, I was a little AJ, a uh, little heel prick, and freaking uh, Omos just a big dude. Was like, come on, man, <laughs> he don't even talk either. <laughs> AJ is another one of those ones though that'll never be proper heel, will he? He'll just because he's too nah, loved. He's, he's he's too good and too respected and loved, honestly. Like the Viking, don't get me wrong, the Viking Raiders, uh, they they were good. But I was like, I just like, I don't think they're over. Like when they came out, they when they came out, they literally got barely any reaction. Oh, okay, that's interesting. I yeah, did think but, mm-hmm. this match was like a bit of a break i guess after the mate after the women's ladder match but i was like yeah. well i would have still had the usos and uh, mysterios match on the card ahead of this one and had this one on the pre-show instead right. um but it was fine i mean i used it I, I went to the toilet whilst it was on and i as i literally came back through the door i saw aj do that or like where he got thrown and did that hurricane run i thought <laughs> that was so cool mm-hmm. considering as well we we're just talking about age um aj's 44 just look that up, you know, 44, and he's still doing that. I think that's more impressive than Bobby because he's it's a more athletic kind of move and stuff. Yeah. Uh, the stuff that AJ does. So, um, but yeah, that was fine. Uh, they retain their titles. I uh, can't see who's going to beat them at this point for the tag titles. Tag titles, I guess, have taken a bit of a back seat at the moment. So, um, yeah, that was that. Yeah. All right. Are you ready for a moan? Let's go. Um, Charlotte Flair defeating uh, Ripley for the women's I, title. I, I joked with my friends like when, when before the show started, like, man, I'm a little tired. What match should I sleep through? I was like, <laughs> as it, and everyone simultaneously agreed, Charlotte. I mean, but in the end, I was going to sleep, but, you know, hey, they honestly had a pretty banger match. Not going to lie. They had a pretty good match, honestly. Okay. So they did, but she flicked us off. (laughs) uh, Yeah, there was that as well. But to Mm. me, doesn't matter how much how good the match is. If Charlotte wins, (laughs) it doesn't matter. As far as I'm concerned, don't matter. I know. I was. I was. First of all, I thought um, Charlotte should have been disqualified for using the ring steps because freaking Rhea Ripley got disqualified for using the freaking announce table. What kind of horseshit is that? Yeah, but what are rules in WWE? I'll take right. you back to Hell in a Cell, Seth Rollins versus The Fiend. You know, ah, got... yes, no contest at Hell in a Cell. That I'm sorry. Still... <laughs> what? A no, con- a no contest in Hell in a Cell. Yeah, first time ever. They really so, do like uh, making historic moments, don't they? They just make it upset go along. 
But uh, so we're making it up as we go along. <laughs> so uh, I haven't gone back to watch it because I do want to go back and watch it at some point, but I probably won't now because too much time's elapsed and too much has happened within this sort of story, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but it doesn't matter to me how good Charlotte Flair matches are because the result is always the same. The so same. I'm just I'm just sitting there watching her matches anxious, mm-hmm. anxiously anticipating the ending. And then when it happens, I'm like, okay, fine, we're done. You know, or like, oh, I'm mad at the time. So where we were chatting at the beginning about um, how we watched Money in the Bank and stuff, you were there live, and then I started the show, and then I watched up to a certain point and then went to bed. This was the certain point. <laughs> this is where I said, I can't watch it. You're like, I, I tap out. <laughs> because I was, I'm so mad at her all the time. And well, not necessarily her, but I'm mad at the whole regime behind it that right. it takes my enjoyment out of the rest of the show. And um, I think I said when we reviewed WrestleMania, I enjoyed WrestleMania so much more because she wasn't on it. And mm-hmm. um, I know it sounds harsh, but I do just want her to retire already. Just like, you know, she's racking them up and it, it's not. So like what we said about Money in the Bank earlier with Nikki winning it, it's got an asterisk by it because it's about Charlotte Flair racking her titles up. So um, and what's annoying as well was that on Money in the Bank, they announced it as her 14 time championship. But on Raw, they've actually taken it back to 11 because the other three were NXT titles. So Mm -hmm. I was like, I swore at the TV this morning when I was watching Raw, because I was like, oh, you fuckers. Because with 14, we were nearly there. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. We were nearly out of Charlotte Flair retirement. But now you've gone back to 11. I've I've got to sit through like another six reigns. And it's just like, oh, it's just grinding me down so, so much. To Mm. a point as well where I don't even, like, I love Becky Lynch. You know, she's one of my favourites. And the chants and stuff where, you know, Charlotte flipped the crowd off, which was actually funny. Credit to Charlotte for doing that. That was actually quite funny. But um, I don't want to see Becky come back if she's just going to face Charlotte because there's no point in her going away. All right. She had a baby. So that was the point in her going away. But (laughs) but there's no point to come back and just do the same thing that you were doing. You know, it's like um, I think it was the rocks that said. When he came back, he was like, oh, you know, he he doesn't need to wrestle. Obviously, he doesn't need to wrestle. But he was like, mm-hmm. if the story is there and there's something that I want to do, you know, where he wanted to work with Cena and Punk, that he came back to do it. But with Becky, I'm literally like, is she literally just coming back because I've had my baby now and I'm ready to go on the road again full time? Because I was like, I was under this impression that Becky was going to be treated like um, like a part time star now like an attraction because she mm-hmm. has for me she's earned that so and to, for her to just come back and face charlotte for me there's just no interest there i don't know how you feel about that but that's just my opinion on it mm, freaking uh yeah i got i gotta agree with all your points honestly like no argument for me like you pretty much hit every single point on on the on the money honestly on the like, money oh god speaking money. of money Shane McMahon cannot come back before SummerSlam. We do not need any more Shane McMahon. We we got our enough we got enough doses at Mania. 
I'm still waiting for the gong to go off at some point as well. Like, just please, <laughs> no more part-timers, please. But um, at least with Becky, like, you know, I would like to see her turn up on SmackDown instead and do something with Sasha again or do something with Bianca. Just yeah, something but, different. But the Raw the, the Women's Division needs help desperately. And, the, and literally, they called up three girls to SmackDown. You know what? Like, one word, iconic. You know, like, oh, the women's the women's division's in trouble and you want to release a load of women's talent, you're having a laugh. Do you know what I mean? I don't I don't feel sorry for them in that sense, you know, which is just stupid. But you're going to release the Iconics, you're going to release Ruby Riot and then moan that you don't have a women's division. Like, come on, you know, behave. So in that sense, yeah, forget it. But um, yeah, no, the Charlotte Flair thing just really wound me up again. And to be honest, I thought I was over it. So maybe it's on me. And when she won, the fans and stuff cheered, which made mm-hmm. me even more mad. So I was like, oh, if you're cheering it, you're encouraging it. And it's the same thing with Goldberg. Everyone was chanting his name. So you're encouraging it. So you're not telling the company what they're doing wrong. You're, you're going with it, which is really, really frustrating. So um, I'd had enough and I was, I was pretty tired anyway. If I wasn't tired, I probably would have stayed through it, but then probably would have looked at the rest of the show negatively anyway. So I was like, oh, forget it. I'm going to go to bed and catch up in the morning and, you know, try and appreciate it a little bit more. Mm. So, um, uh, so yeah, what took place after that was the ladder match. Um, after the men's ladder match? Um, it, it went into the main event of Roman Reigns um, and Edge. Um, the Edge. <laughs> the Edge. Um, <laughs> who unblocked me on Twitter now. Fun fact. Hey. <laughs> so, uh, dreams me, dreams do come true <laughs> i mean i don't think we're on me and you me and um sorry i don't think we're on you and nikki cross level of friendship <laughs> one but we're step getting at a time one Baby step at a time right Baby steps. um i'll let you talk about this first obviously we'll talk about cena in a bit but what did you think for the match itself so um i saw the time was like over 30 minutes, right? So it was very uh, pragmatic uh, throughout the match, you know, like rest holds, uh, sl- uh, just slow, methodical uh, type of type of style in this match. Eventually, started uh, getting in the getting in their moves and stuff. Um, I did like the, I do like, I did like the story of how after uh, Charles Robinson was knocked out with one of the weakest bumps I've ever seen in my life. Like, he had a good bump, but I was like, man, that's all it took to knock you out, Charles? Come on. <laughs> but, um, Sorry, just, love... to inter- just to interject on that, because otherwise uh-huh. I forget it. He got but... hit in like the back of the knee where Edge yeah. kind of fell on him. And it was like, he just sat there and faced the wrong way for like five minutes whilst all this shenanigan stuff was going on behind him. As far as mm-hmm. like... Um, ring psychology goes and all that sort of stuff i thought this that was quite poor for this match but carry on yeah well you'd be right yeah it is pretty poor but um yeah so very slow methodical um i did like this how they brought back the uh the steel bar from the steel chair um i thought that was really nice little callback from what happened at mania um then shenanigans, obviously, with the Usos coming coming to try and help uh, Roman. And then the Mysterios came out. What I wasn't expecting was uh, 
Seth Rollins to just uh, kick uh, Edge's uh, head off and basically helping Roman retain the title. He came back twice. That's how infuriated uh, Seth Rollins was. So, Did you notice, the, yeah, like, the second time he came out, it was kind of like um, he didn't really know why he was there. <laughs> I don't know, that sounds like, kind of weird. I, but the first, time, the first time was full-on agenda, as if to say, yeah, that's why I was here, and then he walked out all confident. And then the second time, he had this kind of, like, befuddled look on his face, as if to say, like, what, what am I doing here? I don't know why I'm here right now. But, yeah, sorry, carry on. It was funny. Yeah, so um, shenanigans, obviously. Um, I did not expect uh, Seth to come out. He actually came back out twice because Edge legit uh, also got Roman in the freaking in the crossface with the steel pole or whatever the hell it is. And uh, Edge uh, freaking uh, Rollins came back, kicked his head off again, and then that set up for the big spear. It just took one spear this time, and then three count. Roman Reigns retains. Because it's it's his, this is Roman's time and this is his table and we're only a part of it. <laughs> we're at the table. Um, at the I table. see. I see the a kids few table. People, yeah, we are at the kids table. Bloody hell. Um, I see a few people moaning that, like, using the term slow slowman reigns because it was yeah, such it a was slow. Very, it was very methodical. Yeah, they just kind of stretched out the. The whole match, like it could have been much better and fast paced. It was twenty minutes, twenty-ish minutes, but yeah, you know, like, that's how they want just, their main events to be, like very long. And I guess and it I, just ran long in the end, but um, I don't mind that. Like I didn't see it as a complaint personally because that is what Roman's character is. He doesn't want to work too hard. He doesn't want to overdo it because mm-hmm. he's, you know, the head of the table, and he doesn't want to. It's like he fights on his own time and all that sort of stuff. And I mean, watching it, I was like, it's like when he shouts down the camera and tells us all we're pieces of shit. And I'm like, yeah, I am. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like I'm really into it. And, um, you know, it's the most I've ever been into Roman. So, like, I'm all here. I'm, I'm all for it, really, in that sense. So glad he retained because I was a bit sceptical that we might have had Edge versus Cena at SummerSlam, where I'd heard that Cena was coming back. So there was rumours that it was going to be either... Seth versus Edge and Roman versus Cena sort of thing. So I would have my preference would have been Roman versus Seth for the title because the title should be about two current top stars, not someone that's just coming back for no real reason. And then have maybe Edge versus Cena because of their historic rivalry and have that as your showcase match. Um, so I was a bit not disappointed because I knew it was coming anyway, but a little bit, you know, dejected with that. I guess, but um, so you're in the building when uh, Roman picks up his microphone after Edge and Ro- Rollins have kind of taken their um, their tuck and roll, so to speak, to the to the wings. Um, Roman picks up the microphone, and lo and behold, John Cena's music hit, and arguably maybe the best reaction to Cena's music hitting ever. Is that mm. bold to say? Or you're in the arena, so you tell me. Uh, no, I think, I, I think I gotta agree with you on that as well. Yeah, honestly. It sounded like it, uh, like, you know, on the TV, I was like, wow. I mean, I've seen it a few times now, because I mean, I am a Cena fan. I like Cena. Right. No, so I was like, like, so here's the thing, like, so after the whole match ended, right, and Roman's out there parading with, like, he's tribal chief, and like, a lot of people, you know, 
just were ready ready to leave. I even went downstairs to go see, all right, maybe I can go find some of my friends. And then you hear the the jaunting, the dun, 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 dun. everyone just started rushing back to their chairs. And then when you hear the, and then boom, <laughs> it's just like, it, the whole place, the roof of the place exploded. They're like, it's John freaking Cena. Even I popped. I used to be, I was a big John Cena fan as a little kid. Then I became a little smart mark and thought, oh, screw John Cena. But seeing him back uh, the other day, I was like, damn, I didn't know how much I missed this dude. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, I, I, I think it's like people don't like to say they're John Cena fans, but like I kind of touched on earlier. We're, we're John think, Cena fans. Freaking, yeah. I have the sh- we have the I freaking I, I used to wear the shirt and the freaking jorts, so I'm, I was a Cena fan. <laughs> All right, I didn't go that far, but um, oh, I, I, I feel like far. if you're a wrestling fan, John Cena is wrestling or WWE anyway or WWF, mm. whatever you want to call it. John Cena is that. So I feel like if you like wrestling, you have to like Cena, and especially as like outside of the ring, he's such a decent guy. You know, so humble and so good with the kids and make a wish and all that sort of stuff. How can you dislike this guy? Do you know what I mean? So, um, mm. although he has had, you know, the success his, his, the rest his, of it. Yeah. So my mm. argument on that is because a lot of people have said this about Charlotte because people have said, oh well, it's all right when Cena has 16 titles or whatever. And I'm like, whoa, 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 hang on. Cena's had, I don't, I'm not even sure how many it is. Is it 15? Is it that he's had? But he's had how, however many he's had. Over the 16. Of, he's had 16, 16 world titles. Yeah, he's yeah, titles so he's, were clear. But he'd had that over the course of, what, a 10, 15-year career? Not... Uh, about to be... Uh, okay, he debuted in... Wow, 20, 20, 20 years, actually. Well, yeah, all right then. 20 years then. Is about to, yeah, 2002 was his debut. About to be 20 although, he hasn't, although he hasn't been around for, like, the last year and a half or whatever. Yeah. But, like, Still, that, that that kind of career trajectory over that amount of time makes sense. Charlotte Flair mm. has had 11, well, in brackets, 14 title reigns within a four or five year period. And it's just, you know, flabbergasting, really. I know I wasn't going to talk about Charlotte again, but it just came up. And um, I saw this thing online that someone said um, out of the 36 pay-per-view matches that she's had, 33 of them have been for a title. So that's just that's just crazy, isn't it? Absolutely bizarre. But um, with Cena, it's over a career, so you know you can't be mad. So um, going into SummerSlam, because on Raw he opened the show um, and said, "I'll see you Friday, Roman." Essentially, so he's set his sights on the title. I I wouldn't I wouldn't be mad, although although it goes against everything I would kind of normally say. Because I'm a Cena fan and I hate the flares now. I, I mean, I'm never, I was never a Rick fan anyway. Um, and where they've, you know, they're tired on 16 world titles. I wouldn't mind Cena beating that because Cena, like I said, is wrestling. He's your next Hulk Hogan for what people talk about in 20 years time. They'll be like John Cena. Oh, is that what John Cena does? You know, that's wrestling, isn't it? So right. um, yeah. I wouldn't be adverse to seeing John Cena beat Roman Reigns at SummerSlam. How do you feel? Um, yeah, honestly, I I wouldn't mind that either. I feel like I feel like because uh, like, I'm trying to think like after because I'm pretty sure Roman's most likely gonna win, right? I mean, I wouldn't mind Cena. I don't know how long Cena's got, uh, you know, because he's pretty sure he's got so many other projects he's doing. 
uh, first of all, props to him for for even giving us most likely what's going to be a month of his time. So get on him. But like, he's between uh, movies, right? I heard. Yeah, he's in between movies. Yeah, that's why he's got this little time to you know do some stuff right now. So that would suggest that he wouldn't win the title because if he goes back to movie world after SummerSlam, what he wouldn't take title with him, would he? So I'd I imagine Reigns so. would retain. I don't know. I guess we'll see. But yeah, it's nice I mean, the, that we the, don't know. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, because you know. The Rock became WWE champion, and he was in between movies uh, when he beat Punk. So. And you've seen Brock take the title ransom for months on end. So mm-hmm. you know, could happen. Could could do it. Um, yeah. You know, there is a especially on SmackDown because there is a lot of uh, natter around. Don't know natter is the right word, but there's a lot of like stuff happening around the Intercontinental title as well. So they could quite mm-hmm. happily lift that up a bit until Cena comes back or something. So, um, yeah. And remember, if he's going to go to Dallas, um, WrestleMania, like Cena was in Dallas technically because he came out during the Rock's little segment, but he never, he didn't have a match that year. So maybe he wants to, you know, wrestle in front of the 100,000 crowd because he never got to do it before. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. Just a little yeah. motivation that he might have, but uh, yeah. yeah. I'm happy to see him anyway. I'm always happy. To, he's like a, he's like a member of family to me, Cena. When I see him, I'm like, oh, hello, son. How you been? Nice to see you. Freaking Cena, man. That dude was literally not a good chunk of my childhood. So, like... Have you met uh, him? I've never gotten the chance to, actually. I've, oh. I had a couple of chances, but that's when I was a little smart, Mark. And I hate myself for that. When I thought, oh, man, John Cena, Mr. Golden Shovel, like Triple H, too. It's like... So I you know who, um, everyone has one of those. So yours mm-hmm. is Cena. Mine, mine's Samoa Joe. Because I had two chances in New Orleans to meet Samoa Joe. And I'm not a fan, so I was like, ah, nah. But the stuff that I've seen him do on NXT now, I'm like, oh, damn, I wish I'd met Samoa Joe. Because he's one that, that I have TikTok. That's what I say. Like, dang, I should have met John Cena. Even though I say I wasn't the biggest fan of him at the moment. I mean, I at one point, I was like, I I remember as a kid like that 380 day reign. I cheered for Cena every single day. Definitely. I mean, I I was always a Cena fan up uh, probably up until Punk and Rock. When Punk and Rock were involved with Cena, that's probably when I was like, I, okay, I don't Split, want Cena yeah. to. Yeah, I, I don't want Cena I want to, to win. Punk. Yeah, yeah for sure. Punk, I remember. Um, and maybe Edge, I guess. But during the whole Randy time and all that, I was definitely Cena all day long. So, um, yeah, that was Money in the Bank, guys and girls. Um, uh, overall, bit... I, overall, really good show, in my opinion, overall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, obviously, because I didn't finish the show live, I didn't put it up on Twitter. But out of the poor, satisfactory, good or excellent, what would you give it? Uh, I want to say it was a good show. Not much. Yeah. I mean, just, I mean uh, the only thing that would... For me, like I give it a great show because you know I had a personal vested interest. But it was a really good show. It was nice to have everyone back in there. It was jam packed. Uh, Cena was a great surprise. The two Money the Bank winners, I totally agreed with. Uh, I'm, I was really happy for Big E, honestly, because I feel like he's on the cusp of being uh, the next breakout WWE star. So like, we'll just see where it goes. But it was a fun show, and yeah, good show overall. So I've put it as a good as well. Um, the only thing that would have made it an excellent is um, if Rhea had retained. 
um, because that was a really good match and I'm looking at it incredibly sour because of how it went down. But that was the only thing that kind of ruined the whole night for me, the whole pay-per-view. So uh, I'll put it as a good because it's not fair to go any lower than that. But um, that's why it doesn't go to an excellent for me. So, yeah, that was Money in the Bank. Um, Let's just talk about briefly. uh, I'm literally just going down my list of some stuff that I've noted down over the last few weeks, um, you know, in kind of preparation for a podcast that was going to happen at some point. Um, so, well, just to go on some more raw stuff that happened last night, uh, Carrion Cross um, debuted as NXT champion as well, which I thought was quite bizarre. And Carrion Car- Cross debuted and Carrion De- uh, Cross lost a massive l by his name on his first fat l crazy really um no scarlet with him either which i thought was quite telling because the fallen Mm -hmm. prey for me doesn't really work without her without scarlet because she's so sadistic and the way that she chants it and stuff makes him look that much better i felt he looked a bit lonely out there on his entrance and stuff and where the crowd didn't necessarily react to him too well because it is a different crowd that would watch NXT. So not too many people knew him. So that was a bit disappointing. And then he lost, which was disappointing. But um, he lost to Jeff Hardy, who also came out to his old No More no Words. No More Words. Yeah, I uh, popped for that. I popped for that. I thought that was cool. Um, and then, yeah, I've just got down Nikki Cross. Um, although we talked about it anyway in, in quite a lot of detail. Uh, that's all I had for Raw. Uh, SmackDown last few weeks. So obviously we spoke about their women's division really lacking with all the releases and things that have happened. So they debuted Shotzi and Knox together. Um, how do you feel about that? Uh, I'm sorry, what was that? You cut, you cut a little bit. My bad. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry. No, you're fine, that's fine. happening no, a lot. I can hear no, you perfectly. No, no. No, you're fine. It, it hasn't happened that much. Only just like every now and then. But you're good. You're good. Oh, OK. Oh, hopefully yeah. that doesn't transpire too badly. Sorry about that, guys. Yeah. Uh, no, I was just saying on SmackDown, we had the debut of Shotzi and Knox. Oh, gee. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, uh, freaking shiniest black Knox, as we call them. <laughs> we came up with that. Oh, really? Yeah. What's the what's the black in re- reference to you? Oh, Blackheart. Okay. Bla- Blackheart, yeah. No, yeah. Okay, yeah, because they've taken off Blackheart from her name, so she's just Shotzi, isn't she? Um, But they have kept Tegan Knox. It's just she's just Knox as part of the tag. The tag team name is just Shotzi and Knox, but on commentary they were calling her Tegan Knox, which I'm still pleased about. But um, yeah, man, I can't believe they took out the Blackheart out. It's literally her gimmick. (laughs) I know, right? Honestly, I was a bit like, that's a bit bit lame. But I guess Blackheart's like, ooh, Blackheart, ooh, that's not PG. How is that not PG? just a name it's <laughs> just a name Blackheart, um, but they were you know they actually unlike killer cross or carrying cross sorry they actually let them win to start yeah, with I was so ha- I'm, ha- I'm happy for uh, i mean i'm happy for them especially tegan because that girl has gone through so many knee surgeries and so many frustrations and like like i'm just glad she's like i'm glad she didn't have to go all the way back to nxt and kind of restart because she's had so many push restarts so but so gives for the fact that they're giving her go to main roster that's uh i hope she oh she can stay healthy um and just you know continue to be the shiniest wizard you know and a shotzi of course like i'm really happy for her i mean she did a lot of 
hard, heavy work during the pandemic era as well. So like, I'm glad yeah, she's been in her chain. She did actually debut on SmackDown in the Performance Center, which a lot of people yeah. forgot about. Yeah, it was like um, in the Battle Royal, I think. Yeah. So she yeah, has actually been on T- SmackDown Tegan, before. Tegan was in the Battle Royal too, actually. Oh, was she? Oh, okay. There you go then. They've both been on SmackDown before anyway. But yeah. um, this leads nicely into my next point because I do agree with everything that you've just said about Tegan and Shotzi. I wish them all the best. But my personal um, uh, agenda, so to speak, is a bit like, ah, uh, because... Um, so during, I believe it was Great American Bash on NXT, uh-huh. my girl, Ka- my girl Candice. Oh yeah. I have a little gripe. Yes. She, oh, it took yeah. her so long to win a title and now she's lost it because Tegan mm. came back. So I was like, okay, um, Candice and Tegan, love- yeah, I'm yeah. all for, yeah, that, that will probably like properly be sick. But now that Tegan's on SmackDown, is this oh. going to happen? Do no, we think? no, I don't think it's happening. I think that she literally just came. Oh, you took a couple months of my career storyline wise. You tore my knee up, so I'm gonna take something of yours. That tag title of yours, look, is what, and that's it. That's the payoff. Literally, she got her come. Candice got her comeuppance for taking out uh, oh. Tegan yeah, months ago. That's I'm it. Sitting, that's how it ends. I'm sitting here with my head in my hands. Oh. I know, I, I know, I know. I would have loved to see a good Tegan uh, free. Candice match. I know those two. They've had great matches in uh, at Fight Club back when they were much younger and before uh, WWE. So I'm like, just one we can't see that. Honestly, man, like you don't know how happy I was when Candice finally won her title, and then oh, I was over like, the moon. no, yeah. when she lost it again, like the other week. Great American Bash. I was devastated. Um, so yeah, I've got to watch NXT this week or tonight, in fact, to see what happens. With that, because it's not uncommon for um, wrestlers to work two shows at once. So Tegan could go back to or could work NXT alongside as well and do do a Candice rivalry like for a bit, mm-hmm. which I'd be really happy to see. But well, as soon as she debuted on SmackDown, I was so mixed emotional because I was like, mm-hmm. oh, no, like I'm really happy for Tegan. I'm really happy for Shotzi. But now what happens to my girl Candice? I just what think that it's not going to happen because also I think they're trying to protect uh, Tegan as well. Too much wear and tear, you know? Well, this knees. is it. You know, those knees ain't going to last forever. So, um, yeah, this is li- I think this is literally it. I hope her- she stays healthy for the longest time because she's had, well, I think she's had like two on both, two surgeries on each knee. Honestly, she's like blooming um, Stone Cold Tegan Austin out here with her knee braces honestly yes yeah the knee braces so i'm praying for her and yeah hopefully i wish them all the best and we're gonna get tony storm this week as well on SmackDown. yeah yeah um i think she'll do well though because people know who she is um yeah. i think she'll do well hopefully fingers crossed i just don't want to see him drop the ball with these people you know because mm-hmm. I, I knew it was coming when they made the releases i was like yeah you've got no women's roster now so I was very shocked to see Zelina come back, to be honest, first time, because I was mm-hmm. like, I was like, wow, she's come back, especially with what I'm going to mention next, because um, mm-hmm. we're almost done with a WWE chat. But I was but, like, um, yeah, when uh, when the women's roster on SmackDown was like, it went from kind of like rubbish or it went from a zero to a 10, kind of like within a week, because it was right. like, oh, actually, you know, but with that being said, I don't want to forget about Ruby. I don't want to forget the Iconics. You know, they were very, very good and very 
instrumental in a in the women's division and all that. So, but um, but yeah, with Shotzi Segan and now Tony coming up to uh, SmackDown, I think you know the the future looks good for them all. So um, so yeah, so I just touched on it very briefly. If you're eagle-eyed mm-hmm. uh, or eagle-eared and picked up on that, uh, mm-hmm. let's talk some All Elite. Um, <sighs> so All Elite Wrestling, AEW went back on the road a week before, or was it two weeks before WWE? Two weeks, I think. I think it was two weeks, and uh, they had the well, they went to Fighter Fest uh, right before Money in the Bank. That's right. Weekend. So the week the yeah. week before was uh, Road Rager in Miami. Yeah. So that was the first week back, and then the following week was Fire Fest. So I touched on Zelina for a reason because mm. her other half, um, Malachi Black, a certain Malachi Black, uh, debuted on Dynamite, kicking Arn Anderson in the head, and then took his Cody. head straight off, and then kicking Cody in the head. Um, I'll go to you first. How do you feel about this? I think this is a great first feud for uh for Malachi Black, and this is a Cody at a big fight feel Cody like Floyd was telling me a big feud Cody, and I think I'm excited for th- I'm excited for this honestly. So I'm glad um I'm glad freaking uh Malachi was able not to do the 90 days of non compete because he had a loophole in his contract from what I was reading, which only held him to 30 days. You say a loophole, that was just WWE fucking up because they didn't change his contract when he came up to the main roster. Then they kept it at 30 days. That's on them. them. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. So So. I'm glad that we got uh, Malachi Black this this soon real quick. So I'm excited for this, man. I wonder, I love the fact that uh, he still uh, references his basically his old gimmick with with the eye and the black shadow on it to like, you know, yeah, this happened to me in another world. So like, <laughs> wrestling continuity, eh? You don't see hey, it much these you days. You really don't see it. You, you thought he'd just come back as you know Tommy and Nah, he came back little fucked in the head. <laughs> you know what made me laugh about this whole thing though? When he debuted, it was only like Escalibur on commentary who knew everything that was going on about him because at mm-hmm. first they were like oh that's, my god that's, that's, that, tommy. that's tommy end <laughs> and then he was like hang on a minute i think it might be malachi black and he just sort of picked a name out of nowhere and i was like how do you know that escalabar come on storytelling man i found that quite funny but um yeah no i'm, I'm the same as you I, i'm really into this obviously he's going up against one of AEW's top dogs to start with but um what I would say back to Floyd, if in what you were just saying was, why does mm. everything have to go through Cody? You know, like he's almost like he's the got, gatekeeper. He's got to give the, you know, the the new up and comer a little rub. You know, mm. honestly, honestly, um, and I won't be surprised to see this for some reason in a couple of weeks' time become Malachi Black being Dutch against America. Because that mm-hmm. seems to be Cody's gimmick at the moment. And it's yeah. so annoying. It's so American annoying. American dream. Honestly, everything's about America. Honestly, honestly. Uh, but no, I'm excited to see where Malachi Black goes. Happy to have him in AEW. So, um, so yeah, very. Uh, like, I was very surprised to see him as soon. Because I didn't know about this 30-day thing either. I was under this impression that we'd be waiting a little while. Um, also, just worth mentioning on the back of that... Um, your girls Cassie Lee and um, Jessica McKay, also known as the Iconics, Billy Kay, Peyton Royce, um, are now free. So um, they could turn up anywhere at any moment. And as far as I know, they haven't turned up anywhere yet. 
correct? I think so. Yeah, you're right. I think so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, also, Mickey James was in that same group, and she turned up at Slammiversary. Slammiversary is hardcore country. Hell yeah. Hardcore country. Um, so I'm happy for her. Uh, you know, she's an impact alumni, really. So I'm legend. Um, just going back to AW real quick. Um, mm-hmm. So one of my favorite things that's happening is probably my favorite rivalry in wrestling right now. And it's mm-hmm. a male rivalry, which is a shock to me. But oh, um, Kenny and Hangman, honestly. Oh, yeah. The build, the build for this thing is just getting really good. Yeah. So good. I really have been enjoying this. Yes. So I'm putting it out there early. I anticipate this match happening at All Out in September. It's got and to. So this is what I hoped for the match or hope for what happens during the match. Hangman, I want him to be the first one to kick out at two of the one-winged angel and then win the title off of Kenny. I feel like... Wow, that's a, that's a, that's a big rub if if he does do that because no one, not even in New Japan, when he was over there, kicked out of the one-winged angel. I know, and I know it's bold to say, but I think this is the time to do it um, and to for the right person because this has been mm-hmm. festering for like a good two years or something since AEW first started, you know, where they were tag team and stuff. It it has got that story going alongside it the whole time, you know? And um, yeah, I'd just love to see Hangman. I don't want him to kick out at one or kick out at naught. I don't want that to, you know, I just want him to kick you out want, at like... You want a near, near finish. Two two and seven eighths or something, kick out at a one-winged oh. angel um, and mm-hmm. then hit him with a buckshot lariat. I don't want him to hit the one-winged angel because I think that would just be a bit silly at this stage. But like to win on the buckshot lariat after kicking out of the one-winged angel, I thought should be the finish to this match. So um, mm. just wanted to throw that out there. But I'm very, very excited to see that one, um, which is very, very interesting to me. So I haven't got any more wrestling notes to talk about. Have you got anything that you want to add? Um, n- no, honestly, I think we've covered basically everything okay cool so um let's just get your wrestler of the episode then at this point because we're going to talk about some other stuff after this that right, if you're right. not into it you may want to switch off now so let's get your wrestler of the episode now and then you can kind of people can leave the episode here if they want to mm-hmm. well and to me there's only one person who's had the best 24 hours of her life I'm actually going to uh, talk to her uh, later in the day. We're going to FaceTime so and just talk about it. So, like, there's only one person that's Miss Almost a Superhero, Nikki Cross slash Ash. Mm-hmm. I like how they're calling her Ash. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm going to go with it, too. I'm going to go with Nikki Cross, too, um, as my Almost a Superhero, my Molly Holly Mark, too. Um, yeah, no, I think she did. she deserves all the success in the world. Um, pass on my best to her when you talk to her next uh, later oh, today. Oh, of course. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I can be happier for her. Honestly, she's a lovely lady as well. Um, so just talking about her again briefly, like when we were in New York, that was when mm-hmm. I I've only met her once. Obviously, I'm not. Um, actually, no, I think I've. No, no, I have met her once. I've I've seen her twice with you, but I didn't meet mm-hmm. her that other time because it was when she was wrestling at Access, so she kind of just yeah. walked past us, so I didn't get to sort of mm-hmm. talk to her or anything. But um, when we were in the queue for her at uh, Access and we were literally the first two to go mm-hmm. through to her, 
and she was <laughs> so happy to see you. It was like I've yeah. never seen anything like it. I was <laughs> like, oh, this is really sweet and really cute. So, um, and you had like a photo where it was kind of like evil Nikki, and then I had the photo afterwards that was kind of like sweet and innocent Nikki. Yeah, so, uh, I saw your picture. Yeah, it's nice. Honestly, she's so lovely and um, yeah, an absolute delight. So I'm really pleased for her. Cool. So yeah, if like I said, if you're into wrestling, the wrestling, I would switch off now because we're going to talk about some other stuff um, that's been going on that we're both fanatics of. Um, so where do we start with this? Because we haven't spoke since, well, for a month or so. So uh, what we're talking about is basically the MCU, guys, and its various other branches see what i did there because there's a, <laughs> branches. There, there's um, a bunch of variants various variants various scents various no that don't make sense <laughs> um god i think we've had enough puns for one episode uh oh, freaking oh becky would give this a freaking two thumbs up of all the puns you've used today i know right uh, uh, mate i'm on one today i don't know what it is i am on <laughs> you're, one. you're you're on it today <laughs> um so yeah let's so let's talk about to start with then, because you you had a disagreement, I believe. So I put on Twitter after the Loki finale that my mm. order of the three series that we've just been presented with was Falcon and the Winter Soldier bottom number three, Loki number two, and then WandaVision was my favorite. So are you going to tell me that you preferred Loki to WandaVision? You know, I am the biggest scarlet witch mark that you'll probably under you'll ever meet freaking like i have the comics i have the pop figures i have the lore everything about the scarlet witch because i i don't know as a little kid something about the scarlet witch and a freaking cyborg getting together just just hit me in the feelings i don't know why <laughs> but, <laughs> cute um, right <laughs> cute yeah but uh yeah, oh, oh, even a robot can find love maybe there is hope for everyone but um but i just really loved the performance, the performances of, and don't get me wrong, I love the performances in One Division Two, but I just loved every single thing about the Loki series. I loved Sylvie so much. Freaking, I think I have a thing for people from Nottingham. I don't know because <laughs> freaking Sofia Di Martino's from Nottingham, but like, she, like, oh my gosh, she was stole my heart. And freaking Tom Hiddleston, like, I was like, damn. I am so invested in this love story. I can't even watch a romantic comedy or anything romantic, but this is what gets me. And then freaking, I love even the freaking uh, relationship with him and Mobius. It's like, oh man, I need, I need to be a best friend like that. And I just thought it was everything about the series. We got the multiverse because of them. We got so many things because of them and freaking because of Loki uh, and what happened, the, events that happened in in that series that's why freaking wanda was able to create her little nexus event without the tva interrupting yeah true um a lot of people won't realize that because it's obviously happened before but now Mm -hmm. it makes more sense do you know what i mean so um where you said loki had everything i disagree Mm -hmm. because mobius didn't get to ride a jet ski for one hey that's why that's why there's season two coming up (laughs) that's all we need from season two and then my second point was that Owen Wilson at no point during the series said the word wow. It was so ah. frustrating. Wow. So freaking that's what I kept saying. I keep seeing all the memes. Like, is he gonna say wow? Like hey, when he was in the when he was in the car with Sylvie, everyone said I, they should he totally should say ciao, like freaking Lightning McQueen. Yeah. I was like, come on, come on, wow. 
Dang it. And also on Loki, my uh, my uh, MVP of the Loki series has got to be Alligator Loki, the Alligator variant. Oh, the best, the best variant, honestly. I don't get me wrong. I love our Loki. I love Sylvie. But man, you talk about the MVP of that episode five was freaking the Alligator Loki. That cracked me up. That cracked me up. Um, I, I have lo- to say I though, so, much. Mm-hmm. so um, obviously we're now moving into another, um, well, into the multiverse of madness. Um, see what I did there as well. Multiverse of madness, yeah, obviously yeah. going to be the Doctor, uh, Doctor Strange. Str- Doctor Strange is losing his shit right now. Honestly, like where, where is he? Like what is he doing? Honestly, what um, the fuck are y'all doing over there? <laughs> <laughs> honestly, uh, but the last episode, it was cool, but. Mm-hmm. Um, with Kang from comic book lore and stuff, I I just mm-hmm. didn't see him as very intimidating. I don't know, but then mm-hmm. this is only this is only one of infinite um variants, so we just scratch the surface. Do you know what I mean? This is literally the tip of the iceberg. So well, uh, well he wasn't Kang. He was he who remains. Even though he is a variant of Kang, I was like. He who remains and Kang are totally. He's like I think the guy who was he who remains was the original variant of Kang, and then he, that's when he met all his other variants. But, um, yeah, I guess that's I true feel, as well. I feel, I feel I feel like um once we actually get Kang the Conqueror, like it's like dang, this guy's actually a legit horrible threat, worse than Thanos. Well, they're saying he's gonna be worse than Thanos because the dude literally controls the flow of time. He's going to make Thanos look like child's play, honestly, yeah, which yeah. Um, which kind of hurts my feelings in a way, because you think like the first sort of 10, 12 years or whatever it was of the Infinity Saga, you know, MCU literally broke all of our hearts in so many ways and stuff. And then like with Loki, I think it was like the first or second episode where you had the blooming Infinity Stones just sitting on the desk. Yeah, and I like was the like, Infinity Stones are uh, irrelevant, basically. Oh, I was literally like, oh, my God, what are you doing to me? But the only saving grace with that was that um, they wouldn't have been useful anyway, because mm-hmm. they would you can't put them in different time. Um, Timelines. Time Timelines. That's the word I was looking for. Um, yeah. So they wouldn't have been useful anyway. So, you know, let's not get fixated on that. But um, mm-hmm. I enjoyed Loki, though, overall. Uh, I thought there were some nice bits in there. So like to see he's kind of, uh, I guess, romantic side. And also they a lot of people were a bit um and ah about it because they're saying, you know, like with superheroes and stuff, do they need to have a sexual identity? But basically, Loki, I think it was episode three where they were on the train. Yeah, he, he kind of said they were having a conversation, you know, where they both pretty much said that they were bi slash pansexual, yeah. which I thought was uh-huh. cool and does apparently translate in the comics. And we hadn't seen it in the MCU yet. So I guess yeah. that was quite a nice little touch, and to be no, honest, I that thought, was probably one of my favorite parts of the series. I thought that was really, I thought that was really cool. That was like, hey, Loki's by, good for him, honestly. If, if Sylvie's yeah. by too, that's really awesome. Yeah, I don't give a crap. But people were saying like, oh, you know, a sexual orientation shouldn't make who they are or whatever, and I was like, yeah, mm-hmm. I also see that point as well. Mm-hmm. But um, what I also liked from Loki the series was that throughout the series you saw him kind of or saw them get stronger so like Mm -hmm. as they were on that moon or planet or whatever it was that was destroying uh itself um he catches a building at one point that was going to fall on sylvie and i was like we'd never seen that kind of power before 
from that. Yeah, like even when he shot the when he shot those green green energy uh blasts from his hands, like I don't know you could do that, Loki. What the fuck are you been hiding? And it well he didn't know either by the by the looks of it. Yeah, and, he also, did, and the, the fact that he learned enchantment on the fly, that was like... Yeah, I was just about to say that next, literally how, you know, well, Sylvie kind of helps him with that. But now he knows yeah. how to enchant as well. I thought that was really cool as well. So, yeah, it was a nice series. It was a good series. Um, just from a work perspective, I don't know if it's going to be any um, uh, interest to you, but um, Loki, out of everything that we've sold so far from Wanda... Mm-hmm into falcon winter soldier to loki uh loki mm-hmm. has definitely been the most popular in terms of merchandise mm-hmm. so you're not alone by saying that you thought loki was the best one but um for me personally oh, i just enjoyed the whole wanda thing i just thought it was so don't get me wrong wanda that wanda vision series i thought like man there's nothing that's going to be this series this series was perfect I, I i still think it's one of the most perfect things they've done freaking the ode to all the the TV eras we had, the story we got to see how Vision and Wanda got to start to fall in love with each other, and like we saw the transformation of her to the actual Scarlet Witch, and how powerful she actually really is. Why she's a she's a Nexus being, and why she I think she's the strongest Avenger in my opinion, especially now with the Chaos Magic. So supposedly now for phase four, she's going to be the equivalent of your Tony Stark or your Captain America, where she's going to be the vocal point. So um, it was only a couple of weeks ago that they've wrapped filming for Multiverse of Madness now. That was filmed in London. Um, And obviously she's a big part of that because we heard that she was in town. Not that she came into my store to to see Uh, us. That'd be be great. (laughs) You know, like we're selling all your merch, love. And she didn't come in, which I thought was rude. But uh, but yeah, no, I much preferred the whole WandaVision story. I thought it was really cool because it was like dealing with heartbreak and stuff. And mm-hmm. um, the, the episode where Agatha sort of takes her back through her family history and stuff, yeah. I thought it was really deep and I thought that was really cool. Uh, and then to get to the finale of it, and you, it's almost like watching a Pokemon evolve. Do you know what I mean? Where she hits yes. her final form as a Scarlet Witch. And I was like, wow, this yeah. is so, so good. Um, did you hear as well, um, Catherine, whatever her name is, that plays... Catherine Hahn? Yes, yeah. that plays uh, Agfa. She she don't want to be killed off. Did you hear she yeah. wrote, or she said to MCU or whatever, that she, or Marvel, that she didn't want to be killed off and wants to come back? Yeah, like, I because like, they, they didn't kill her off. She's literally just trapped over there in Westview, so she could always come back. You know, I could actually see her come back in Multiverse of Va- Madness, because, you know, uh, she... Freaking uh, Agatha told uh, Wanda, you're going to need me. Like, I know where to find you. So I would see like, hey, she might come and she might come and ask her for some help because I know Wanda's going to want to try and get those kids back. Yeah, that's true. That is true. Um, I also heard Tom Hiddleston's going to be in Multiverse of Madness, too. He is. Yeah, he is. He was there filming as well. So yeah. um, all pretty cool stuff. Uh, have you that seen movie's Black Widow? so crazy. I love that movie. That movie was so good. Honestly, she's so Black Widow, um, Natasha Romanoff was potentially up until now my favorite MCU character just mm-hmm. because she didn't have any magical powers. She was just in a trained killer, essentially, like, um, you know, and I thought she a did. very skilled one. <laughs> yeah. And at the time she was like, so when the first Avengers movie come out and Iron Man and all that, because um, she debuts in Iron Man 2, right? And um, so she did a lot 
for kind of like female empowerment as well, I think, at the time uh, that those films came out, which I thought was really important. So uh, I had that kind of connection to her as well. But uh, watching Black Widow, because I've seen it twice now in the cinema, it hurts me watching it now because I'm like, ah, yeah, because it's set between Civil War and Infinity War. It just hurts mm-hmm. my feelings to know that we, we know what happens to her now. Yeah. Um, so a little, you know, breaks my heart a little bit. But did you see the end credits scene with Elena? That that's setting up for the Hawkeye series. Exactly. So what worries me about this though is like, so as fans, we've seen what happens to Nat, and we've seen what went down between um, Nat and um, uh, Hawkeye. Hawkeye on yeah. the, you know, on that cliff top Warm, sort of thing. Yeah, Warmir. And we yeah. were li- where we've seen it how it's going to be interesting to me how they tell this story that because i think pretty much everyone that saw black widow um connected to yelena in some capacity and love her now so amazing so good right so how how are we now going to get how are we now going to be on her side for the hawkeye series when we already knew what happened to that because it was a case of she said let me go do you know what i mean to um to Hawkeye so it's literally like she's now gonna go and avenge Nat's death essentially so it'd be interesting to see how they tell that story because I think it'll be a very difficult story to tell but mm. um but I'm here for it either way I think it'll be cool um and a little fun fact as well I love that in Infinity War Nat wears Yelena's like yes, jacket yes that was such a good easter egg that's so awesome so good in it where she's like you like it right i know you like my jacket. it's got so many pockets like put so much <laughs> stuff in it i honestly freaking lawrence pew freaking okay lawrence pew oof oh she's so good oh uh, she's so good honestly have you seen like, her other films as well like um i i saw a, a movie of hers on netflix it was a horror movie i think it was one of her very first movies i forgot what it was called but i've seen her in that um Obviously, the fighting with my family, and I've seen a lot of other stuff. Cause there's literally on Amazon uh, Prime right now. There's literally like a whole Florence Pugh thing, and I'm going right through all of the movies because I, I just like I loved her performance so much. And let me see what else she's been in. Fair enough. Yeah, she was. Um, she played Paige in Fighting with My Family. The film. Yeah. I don't know if it is the film, but it was um, Midsummer that she was in. I don't know if that was the one that you watched, but she was really, really good in that as well. Actually, Midsummer is uh, the next thing on my queue, actually, so I actually might watch that later today. Okay, it's well long, um, and it's a bit of a slow burner, but it's really good. Like, it's very malicious in a in a weird kind of way, and she's yeah. really really good in that. Because like I've those three films, like Black Widow, um, Fighting with My Family, and, and uh, Midsummer, are three totally different films. So you see how good she is as an actress. So. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's going to be an instrumental part of the next phase as well of MCU. So I'm very excited to see, um, you know, what she gets up to as well. So excited for that. Hey, I, I got to say freaking my guy. Uh, what's his face? Uh, the what was the Red Guardian? Is that his name? The Red Guardian. Yeah. Old, oh, um, he was hilarious. David Harbour was so good. David that Harbour. Movie. That's it. Uh, David Harbour from Stranger Things. Who he was might... so good. Yes. I, I liked when that. he uh, put his jet, put his red suit on again, and then it was like he was really squeezing it in, and then he was like, "It's right. still fits. It's, it's the fits." I, lo- I love when they were at the table. It was like Natasha, stop sl- slouching. I'm not slouching. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, my, my favorite part was between a uh, uh, red guardian and a uh, 
and Yelena when they were in the room and freaking Yelena's like, why? Because you're going to be a, this crimson dynamo type. And he's, <laughs> it's he's, red guard. He's red guardian. Get out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I liked, um, I think my favourite part of the whole film was when um, she was saying, Yelena was saying to Nat that she was a poser. And then she does it herself later oh, in the, the film. Oh, that was so good. What a <laughs> she, she, she did the thing and she's like, ugh. <laughs> and then she was like, ugh, disgusting. It's funny as well because um, I bought the uh, the Legends figures. I don't know. You, you, I think you have them in the States, the Legends figures. Yeah, yeah I the bought, Legends figures. Yeah. I bought them from work and I tried to set them up in their pose, like in that uh-huh. pose. Oh, that was yeah. quite funny. It was like, ugh, <laughs> disgusting. But yeah, no, it's a really, really good film. Um I don't. I, I know a lot of people were saying that they, it was one of their favorite MCU films. I'm not sure if it's on that level for me yet, but um, I'll definitely probably go and see it a third time at the cinema um, anyway. Yeah, I mean, so. yeah, I would, I would watch it again. I wouldn't say it's like it's like in my because there's there's like already what twenty something movies. I wouldn't say it's like a, the best. I wouldn't say it's like the greatest of all time. But I enjoyed the action. I enjoyed that week finally got to see her story honestly um honestly that's that's you've hit the nail on the head there i'm just glad that we got to see her story especially like like i say for a personal level um you know she was my favorite character throughout the first phase uh first three phase one to three and the way she gets done dirty in endgame and then we knew that there was going to be a black widow film and especially with covid and stuff where it's been delayed and pushed back I was a bit anxious that it was going to just go on to Disney Plus and then she wasn't going to get the cinema release that she deserved. So um, I'm just glad everything's worked out for her, really. But like I say, it's just sad to see what happens, like to watch that film through. And then you'll be like, oh, but we know what happens to her. We know know what what happens. So, yeah, just a bit sad. Well, well, now with the multiverse, we could get a different. She has the potential of coming back. We'll have a a variant. A variant. <laughs> a variant of Nat. Nah, to be honest, I don't think I'd want to see that. I, I think like it's best to just sort of leave her at the bottom of that cliff, <laughs> covered in her own blood. But um, it, you know, it was a noble death. Noble death. Not that in in Loki when I saw the Infinity Stones on the table though, I was like, oh my god, Nat died like, for that. You, oh. you literally died for a magical rocket that's used as a paperweight at the TVA. I was like, oh, mate, yeah. But then as the series went on and they were pretty much rendered useless, I was like, okay, okay, good. We got past that. We got past that. Yeah. Cool, man. So um, what you got planned for the rest of the week then? You say you're chatting to Nikki later. Yeah, I'm chat to Nikki later. I'm probably going to get something to eat right now, sleep for a little bit. And uh, I want to try and get some stuff done so I can – I don't think – I want to try and go to training today, but I got a lot of stuff I got to take care of since I – was gone for the weekend, you know. But for fair sure, enough. I'm gonna be back. But for sure, I'm gonna be back in the in the ring tomorrow for sure. Oh, okay, fair enough, man. Fair enough. Sounds like fun. I'm actually off this week, um, so I've got no plans like whatsoever. There's some music things that I've got lined up for the first time in a year and a bit, year and a half. Um, Ooh, nice. Where our U- UK restrictions are like loosened up now that these things can happen. They're only like small things, small venues. So you may see that on my Instagram later this week. Do you know who Anne-Marie is? Has she made it out your way yet? Uh, No, I haven't heard of her. Well, she's from our ends. Yeah, I like her. She's from our our, uh, neck of the woods, really. She's like, um, she's from Essex, which is just outside London. But she's a Londoner. And um, I'm seeing her at a signing on Friday for her second album. And Mm -hmm. then she's doing an album launch 
a show in a couple of weeks time in like a nightclub so it's a small venue so um yeah they're just testing the water with things i think so um but yeah oh, get nice. get your jabs people so um when you're offered are you you're double vaccinated now right you've had both double, double vax just waiting to be able to one day go over to your side of the pond <laughs> well i think we'll we, we want to come to you more so than you to us but um I want to explore your culture, the whole UK. <laughs> I mean, we're still on a lot of places, uh, red, red lists I know, anyway. I know. So, so hope, hopefully soon. Hopefully soon. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Um, all right. So we have been on, uh, you know, coming up two hours, just over two hours. So would you like to hit the folks at home with your social media info so we can see all your nice photos with Nikki? <laughs> all right well i'm on instagram and twitter at it's me stevie 30 so go on down and maybe follow me on my journey and and some something like that i don't know a glorious Josh, purpose that's all i gotta say <laughs> when um when steve is future uh, world heavyweight champion in some com- in some company in some in capacity some company, anyway, and i get yeah. the first and i get the first interview on the here. first exclusive interview. <laughs> you know that that'll be definitely worth a follow for you people at home so uh, as always i can be found at james pewey with an ie 91 on instagram twitter um thank you for listening if you've made it this far i appreciate we've talked about all sorts this episode which is all good fun um when will we be back what's next SummerSlam is probably before all out i believe so it'll be yes, SummerSlam, the, right the super slam yeah super slam featuring john cena, oh, cena. <laughs> um so yeah we'll probably aim to be back for then um yeah thank you for listening and we will see you down the road take care bye 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 Are you kidding me?